1: this is three hours of the very best entitled parent stories starting with this crazy story about a stepmom who gets banned from a wedding for just being a karen now for our next entitled parent story entitled stepmonster got herself banned from my wedding i am a 28 year old man and my stepmother who is 49 is a wannabe party planner she's taken it upon herself to plan and host every party and holiday my dad's family has thrown since she married him. I never loved those occasions growing up. She's controlling and gets upset if people complain about anything, but humored her for my dad's sake. According to him, This helps her feel included. I'm getting married to my fiance Jane in July. We got engaged in early 2021, but Jane ended up getting pregnant a couple of months after that. And we decided to postpone the wedding to focus on our son for a while. So we've had a long engagement. My stepmother has tried to hijack our wedding plans from day one, complaining, contacting our planner, showing up unannounced to Jane's dress appointments and more. And we've repeatedly asked her to stop. Now, dad wants us to humor her again but she's clearly resentful of the fact that she's not hosting the wedding or being labelled Mother of the Groom in invitations. Besides our baby boy, we also have Luke, who is a four-year-old, Jane's paternal half-brother. She got custody of him a few months into our relationship after his parents died. I ended up moving in with them during the pandemic and have been in Luke's life since he was a baby. He doesn't call me dad and refers to us as his sister and his OP, but we love him like a son. Stepmother, though, hates luke sorry to interrupt she hates a four-year-old child crazy anyway she accuses jane of baby trapping her way into the family that accusation only got worse after our son was born my dad gets along with jane and adores the kids but stepmother demands him to refuse babysitting luke So we don't leave the kids with them often instead jane's brother and sister-in-law usually watch the kids for us As their children are close to ours in age We had a thing last sunday and my brother-in-law was out of town with his family Jane's other siblings live in different cities as well as my mum and sister My dad agreed to babysit at our place and we left we came back to find both kids crying Stepmother screaming and dad weakly trying to calm everyone down Apparently luke had told stepmother that both he and our son were going to be our ring bearers and she went ballistic At a four-year-old that is she screamed that she wasn't going to allow that because he wasn't family She then unfortunately got physical when he started crying his lip is still split. She'd never gotten to this point before Oh my we immediately banned her from our house and from our wedding dad is fuming and has said he's not going without her He's also convinced half of his side of the family by severely downplaying what stepmother did to boycott the wedding as well. This includes my stepbrother who fully agrees with his mother no matter how many times I try to tell him the truth. Me and Jane are refusing to budge but many of my cousins who aren't coming anymore are asking us to reconsider. Pretty much all of Jane's family agrees with us but one of her aunts has suggested that maybe stepmother is acting out Because she doesn't feel welcomed by my family. I've honestly had it with my family enabling her behavior. I love my dad and really want him at my wedding. But I'm more than willing to go no contact if it means protecting my family. Now guys, the good news is that there is an update to this post. So we will find out what happens next. However, I do have to say just off the rip. The fact that some people in your family are defending your stepmother. Because she might feel left out of the family. That's a reason why she's abusing a four-year-old like what is going on there seriously what's going on and look maybe it's just a split lip and that's not that deep no sorry i disagree a four-year-old has been physically hurt and people are defending her what is she doing now that initial post was written five days ago but just five hours ago we got the following updates i'll start off by saying that me and jane are going no contact with my dad and stepmom we haven't really spoken to either of them since the incident and i don't plan on being the one to reach out Any communication between us is being handled by my younger sister. She's completely on our side, but will remain in low contact for the time being. I've decided to adopt Jane's way of dealing with people she cares about. Forgive what's apologized for, but never forget. Basically, if dad or my stepmom ever truly understand what they did wrong and sincerely apologize, we are willing to forgive them, even if begrudgingly so. But we will never ignore or let them forget what they did to our family and for the time being, neither of them will be allowed near Luke, our baby, and any other kids we may have in the future, even if we do forgive them. Well, I for one completely agree with all that, and I'm happy to hear it. As for the rest of my family, I read a lot of comments suggesting that I post pictures of Luke's face, as well as the nanny cam footage. I'm not very active on social media, but even if I was, I'm not comfortable exposing my injured preschooler like that especially given that nothing on the internet ever truly goes away. I also decided not to share the pictures with my family, unless truly necessary. I should probably mention that while my family adores my dad, most of them aren't very fond of my stepmom. She had two failed marriages prior to meeting my father, the first of which resulted in my stepbrother, and he cheated on his then-girlfriend to be with her. My family loved that girlfriend, and disliked my stepmom right away. Not only has she been controlling and manipulative since the beginning, she's also tried to force her way into the family matriarch role, by any means possible. Taking over planning duties for every family event was her favourite way of doing it, because of all the attention and compliments that come with it. The main reason why I hated these parties growing up was because she'd always find a way to make everything about her, including Christmas and mine and my sister's birthdays. The rest of the family felt neutral about it, but they never liked her. With Luke, it was different. Most of my relatives didn't meet him until COVID restrictions got looser, and by then he was two years old. He's a bright and genuinely lovable kid, and there weren't really any other small children in the family, so everyone immediately started cooing over him. The way i see it my stepmom got upset that jane and luke were accepted by my family so easily compared to her experience and that is why she resents them both but i can't confirm that she was also mad that aside from not being the planner she would have absolutely no involvement in the wedding party she tried to pressure us into letting her officiate. one of jane's best friends was offered that role a year ago making stepbrother my best man he wasn't interested and i'd already got on my best friend or asking her sister's daughter to be our flower girl, but we'd promised Jane's three-year-old niece. Also, her sister's daughter is 15 and doesn't know us. Sorry, that is so weird. Imagine just a random 15-year-old girl being like, uh, yeah, let me just carry these flowers. Sorry, just got a funny image in my head. Anyway, she also tried to convince us to let my dad walk Jane down the aisle since her father's gone but her eldest brother, the brother-in-law I mentioned in the first post, had already been enlisted. Okay, that one is crazy. My stepmom was disappointed that my family wasn't as involved in the wedding as Jane's and kept making comments about how that would never happen if we put me in charge. All of that being said, there is nothing that can excuse being that awful to a child, especially if it really is the petty jealousy that I suspect. Because I haven't spoken with my father, my sister has been keeping me updated on what he's been up to. As I found out through her, the story my dad and stepmom told the rest of the family completely erases Luke's injury and the abuse charges. Oh yeah, guys, OP left a really small edit on the first post saying that they actually were going to press charges on the stepmom for what she did to Luke, which is completely fair. It insinuates that me and Jane banned them because we got annoyed with my stepmom and decided to take it out on my dad as well. Because most people already dislike my stepmom, explaining what actually happened that night wasn't hard. And most of the relatives that I actually wanted at the wedding have apologised and are now berating my dad as well. The people that didn't believe us, as well as those saying we overreacted, have been told they are not welcome in our home anymore. Those are mostly people from my dad's generation, so I can't say I'm surprised. But the realisation that they're so biased that they're willing to protect a woman they hate after she hurt a child just to make my dad happy has reassured me that I don't need any of them in my life. My stepbrother is still in denial. He refuses to believe his mother could hurt a child, even with all the evidence we have. I have to admit, I understand. I love my mum too, but that doesn't mean I'd excuse his obliviousness. So he's banned too. It sucks because we were close growing up, but I don't regret it. Besides, Jane has three other siblings besides Luke, the older brother-in-law, a twin brother, and a younger sister, and I'm closer to them than I ever was with him. Speaking of Jane's family, they're all furious over what happened and have been extremely supportive of us. Jane's maternal family basically adopted Luke after she got custody of him and have called frequently to make sure he's okay. We did manage to save some money with everybody we uninvited and have decided to use it to help Jane's cousin. She lives in a different country and was previously unable to come to the wedding, so we're paying for her plane ticket. That is awesome. Luke has gotten much better and is almost completely back to being the sunny child he's always been. The split lip was shallow it's healing slowly but didn't require any stitches we sat him down a few days ago and explained that my dad and stepmonster wouldn't be around anymore he really liked my dad but understands that he and stepmom are attached at the hip he's clearly scared of her but we're doing our best to make him feel safe that is so sad that a four-year-old has that much terror in their lives At that age, wow. Me and Jane have reassured him that he is family. We love him and no one will ever change that. I'm not too worried about my dad or stepmom trying to show up at the wedding, but we've alerted the venue and given them pictures just in case they try anything. Better safe than sorry. Some people brought attention to the fact that my stepmom is a hypocrite for saying Luke isn't family. I agree for obvious reasons her main excuse for pretty much everything She does is that she doesn't feel like my family welcomes her dad has been guilting me to take part in everything She plans by reminding us of that for as long as I can remember The way he continues to make excuses for her without realizing this is basically a case of the pot calling the kettle black except Luke actually is family. This is what has made me accept that while I will always love my dad, it's not healthy or safe for me and my family to be around him anymore. It hurts to know that my son won't have his only remaining bio-grandfather in his life, but he has two amazing step-grandpas to make up for it. For now, I'm sad, but satisfied with how things have turned out. I don't like to complain about my life. It's a mess, but a beautiful one. I love my fiance, I love my kids, and I'm lucky enough to love my job. We're happy, and I'm not letting anyone ruin that. And there we go, great story, really enjoyed that one. You know what, I really like the fact that throughout this, you kept almost reminding us the reason as to why you were treating your dad in the same way you were treating your stepmom, alienating him from the family, well, not alienating him, but you know what I mean, going no contact, when he, to be fair himself wasn't doing anything particularly badly but yeah you just summed it up at the end right there the fact that he is enabling your stepmom's disgusting behavior if anything is just as bad as what your stepmom is doing right now op has said that they hope that this is the last update on the story but they'll keep us posted it's one of those ones i really really hope that they do not show up at your wedding but if they do wow it would make for some Reddit post. How blind are you? I am legally blind. I have no sight in one eye and very little sight in the other, but I can see a little. I walk with a sight cane, but I generally do need some help to get around. I was at the airport in Cincinnati, Ohio, returning from a business trip, and I asked the person helping me to take me to a Starbucks since I was desperate for caffeination. She put me in line, then said she'd be back for me in 20 minutes. So I'm standing in line when this woman starts creeping on my right. Then a little more, and a little bit more. This dog was trying to pull cutsies on me. Oh, I don't think so. So I slyly slid my cane over to my right, effectively preventing said cutsies She realizes she's been caught and huffs a bit, having her plan of cutting in front of an undercaffeinated blind person at 6:45 a.m. effectively thwarted. I get my drink and take a seat. Most people just took their drinks to their gates, so most of the tables were empty then cutsy carol sits down at my table and waves her hand in front of my face and we have the following exchange so are you blind or what pardon like how much can you see are you faking just how blind are you i mean i saw enough to know that you were attempting to cut in front of a blind person so you can see she waves her hand in my face again can you see this why do you need a cane if you can see is it macular degeneration or what mom it's too early for this Please leave my table. I don't owe you an explanation or any part of my medical history. I'm just trying to enjoy my drink in peace while I wait for my guide. Jeez, I was just asking. She then huffs and leaves for parts unknown. Thank God. I don't know why people see someone who is disabled and feel entitled to their story or their medical devices. I've had people grab my cane and pull me where they want me to go parents who think it's cute to let their kids grab my cane it's not last 4th of july a random woman saw me walking with my family and grabbed my arm to drag me over to her son who had recently lost his eyesight so i could tell him my story didn't ask just grabbed my daughter let her know how horribly inappropriate this was and this woman was super offended because she was just trying to help my son adapt to his new reality like she thought i owed that to her by daring to be blind Disabled people aren't sideshows. We're just trying to live our lives just like you are. Op, you make such a good point. You have a disability. It's your disability. No one else needs to know anything about it. It's not their disability. It's yours. Why do some people in this world feel the need or, or feel entitled to know about the ins and outs of a random stranger's disability? It's so weird. I don't get it. And also, why on earth would you cut ahead of anyone in the queue anyway, let alone a blind person? I mean, come on.
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: Now for our next entitled people story. Entitled Karen doesn't believe I have surgery. This happened about 10 years ago. I was 22 at the time and had to have knee surgery to clear out shredded cartilage about a week after my birthday. This story takes place three days after the surgery. My mum, who is a nurse, my now husband, who was my boyfriend of two years at the time, and my best friend decided to take me shopping to try and get my mind off the surgery and to pick up craft supplies so I'd be bored while off of work. I should mention it was an orthopaedic surgery, so I didn't need to use crutches if I didn't feel the need, and I should be walking some. When we got to the craft store, not our first stop, my husband and best friend made me use one of the store's wheelchairs. I was being stubborn because I could still walk, just not very fast or as long without brakes. Now, since I didn't really want to be in the chair, my husband and friend decided to make a game out of it. Like, who could push me the fastest? Now you might think we're wrong but let me state this was in the middle of the day on a monday so the store was not busy and my husband and best friend would check the aisle to make sure that the coast was clear after one of the speeding events i was looking at something in an aisle and my mum pulled my husband and best friend away to look at something else it was something she thought i would like and was going to get it as a surprise well i decided i didn't want whatever it was that i was looking at and i stood up to put it back this is when karen appears berating me for using the wheelchair as a toy and telling me that there are people who actually need it calmly i explain i just had surgery and that is why i'm using it but she then goes on and on about how she saw what my friends were doing and that i'm obviously lying i explain that they were just trying to make me feel better and i tell them to push me normally from now on but this did not appease karen and she was still berating me at this point i roll up my pants leg and show her the compression bandages that i'm still wearing she goes on about how that means nothing and i could have just wrapped my knees as an excuse in case we were caught and she bet the other people with me also have their knees wrapped my group returns at this point and says the same thing as me but karen is still not having it we're all apparently lying i look at my mum and i ask if i can take off my bandages as they were supposed to be removed the next day she says i really shouldn't but she could re-wrap it for me if needed At this point, I take off the bandages before anyone can stop me and I show Karen my knee in all its post-surgery glory. It was bruised, swollen, and crusty at the incision sites and you could still see the iodine on my skin. Karen's face went white and she looked like she was going to be sick. She started stammering that I didn't need to go that far. As my mum is re-wrapping my knee, scolding me and Karen under her breath, I look at Karen and say, what else did you want me to do? i told you they told you i showed you the bandages but you wouldn't get off your high horse and insisted that we were lying at this point a staff member comes to check if we need any help and karen runs for the door we had a pleasant rest of our day and stopped for ice cream on the way home and also just one final edit for clarification we were not running drifting around corners using the brakes while moving doing wheelies having more than one person in the chair instead we were speed walking with clear aisles and just seeing how far i would go with one push from a dead stop we were still very careful with the wheelchair you know what i actually kind of do sympathize with this karen off the rip you know she sees someone messing about in a wheelchair and let's be completely honest you were messing about having fun of course but you were messing about and then she sees you stand up I think that's fair enough to suggest that you probably are kind of messing around which you admit that you that you were you know You're having fun. However after you explain everything to her show her the bandages all your friends, you know Your mum, your, your now husband is explaining to her. No, I get it We were kind of having fun, but no this person actually op actually is disabled at the moment Um, even after all of that, she still doubles down. And is like no, I know you're lying I reckon everyone's wearing knee bandages I mean, come on and then she gets annoyed when you show her your injury and is like, oh, you didn't need to do that No, you literally did to explain the point So look fair enough that she was a little bit dubious at first But the more and more evidence she got the more and more she doubled down and that is entitlement Now for our next entitled people story an old lady decided i'm the one that should move in a physical therapy waiting room I was born with some physical deformities They aren't visible unless you're a professional, but they've been causing me problems all my life This includes a foot deformity where it often hurts to even stand for long periods of time, although physical therapy helps me manage it and be able to do more. I only started physical therapy again recently, as I didn't have the money to continue it for quite a while. I always get to my appointment early, as I have anxieties about being late, and today was no different. I sat down in a near-empty waiting room, But, as it got closer to my appointment, the waiting room started to fill up, and all of the chairs were taken. Note that all the other people in the waiting room were elderly at the time, while I'm in my 20s, and I'm often mistaken for someone much younger than I am. Well, this woman came in with her husband. Her husband seemed to be the one here for physical therapy, and took the last seat, while the woman went to talk to the people at the front desk. It was only when she turned around that she realised that all of the seats were taken, and she might have to stand. So... What did she do? She walked right in front of me and, without saying a word, stared me down. I was on my phone and I made sure not to look at her, but I'm not someone who likes confrontation and I was counting down the minutes until my appointment. The husband offered his wife his own seats, but she said, no, it's fine, and kept staring me down. I think she knew better than to say anything with the receptionist right there as she probably didn't want to risk causing trouble for her husband which is the only reason she didn't say anything in the end some equally elderly guy offered his seats she actually asked you don't have a problem with your legs or anything do you The guy assured her, it was a problem with his shoulder. So she sat down and that was that. That's all there is to the encounter. I know there wasn't some crazy event or anything, but it always frustrates me when people assume that I deserve my seat the least because of my age even in a god dang physical therapy waiting room. Well, look, we don't know for sure if this woman was 100% not disabled herself. She could have had an issue as well. However, it does seem unlikely that she did. And for her to just assume that because you're younger, you're okay to stand up, even though you're literally in a physical therapy institution is so dumb. That's the thing that I'm thinking for these first three stories anyway. The people involved are just incredibly dumb. She didn't even ask you, just stared at you, probably got up in in your physical space, just looking at you. Again, stupid and also very, very weird. Actually, you know what? I just remembered she actually declined when someone else offered her a seat. Therefore, if you can choose where to sit, you can choose to stand, you clown. And now for our final story of this episode. Entitled woman tries to take my wife's accessible parking spot, then gets angry when I call her out. I am a 42-year-old trans woman, and I live in an apartment building with a reserved accessible parking spot for my wife, who is wheelchair-bound. Yesterday, I came home to find a red Chevy Silverado parked in our spot. There was no disabled placard or license plate tag, so I knocked on some neighbor's doors to see if they knew who it belonged to nobody answered i decided to make a fake parking ticket citing the violation as parking in a reserved accessible space without proper placard right after i put the fake parking ticket on the truck's windshield the owner of the truck came out and asked me what i was doing i told her she was parked in our spot, and she rudely said that she was working for building management and that if i had a problem i needed to take it up with them i told her it wasn't her spot and she needed to move but again she refused i went back upstairs and into my apartment A minute later, I heard a knock at the door and opened it to find the fake parking ticket in the door jam with their reply written on the bottom. They'd written some transphobic and homophobic slurs on it. I went back outside with my phone out to try and take a picture of their license plate. However, an angry looking young man was at the bottom of the stairs. He told me I needed to watch what I say to his mama. He said I didn't look disabled. I told him it's my wife who cannot walk. He then asked where my car was, implying he wanted to do some damage to it. He called me the N-word, then misgendered me, and was acting aggressive. Feeling unsafe and not wanting to escalate the situation further, I told them to have a nice day, and I went back inside the house. I called the building management, who expressed their condolences, and said that I should call the police. I called the police, who said they'd send an officer when they could. 20 minutes later an officer called and said they drove by but by then the people had already left i'm so angry and upset by this whole experience i can't believe someone would be so entitled and disrespectful especially to someone who is disabled i'm also disappointed that the police didn't do more to help i'm posting this story in the hopes that it will raise awareness of the issue of accessible parking it's not just the convenience for people with disabilities it's a necessity if you see someone parked in an accessible spa without a placard or tag, please don't be afraid to say something. It could make a big difference to someone's life. Oh, wow. Ending with probably the most serious of all the entitled people's stories in this episode. I mean, yeah, you definitely definitely the right thing. Get out of there. At that point, when you're literally being threatened and having, you know, verbal abuse just spouted at you. I mean, that's truly horrible stuff there. I don't quite know which word was worse. But my goodness me. Yeah, get out call the police it's a shame they couldn't come quicker and actually see these guys and just you know give them a warning or hey at least do something stop them from abusing you but wow what a terrible terrible spot to be in i mean literally getting abused for asking somebody to move out of a disabled parking spot that is unbelievable my horrible mother-in-law is homeless and my wife and i don't care I'm a 25-year-old man, and I'm married to a 26-year-old woman named Carol. And her mother, Danielle, who is 61, is a complete bag of garbage. And that's the nicest thing to say. During Carol's childhood, Danielle would always belittle Carol and manipulate her into the most BS stuff, mostly always claiming that her father abandoned them in Colorado to seek fame and fortune in California and refusing to pay charter ports, whereas she would actually spend said child support on her own self, buying books and clothes and not supporting her daughter. Danielle also changed Carol's last name on social security to Danielle's last name when she was a little kid, which made it incredibly difficult for Carol to find a job as an adult because she was an illegal alien to the US government. That meant she had one last name on her birth certificate and a different last name on her social security card. Danielle also had a very bad job that didn't pay the best and had to get an apartment with Carol under Carol's name because Danielle had terrible credit and Carol had a zero credit score because she was 18 at the time and didn't have her own bills to pay. Danielle kept getting on Carol's case about not having a job, but Carol said she couldn't because of the name issue. They ended up getting evicted due to failure to pay rent because Danielle's job wasn't enough to pay for a luxury apartment and she had to move in with grandma. Danielle later lost her job during COVID and has been unemployed ever since. There's way too many scenarios about how Danielle would take advantage of her own daughter, but I don't want to bore you guys with the details. Anyway, on to the story. Back in late 2021, while me and Kara were engaged, she wanted to join the US Navy. She got her name changed back to her father's last name on social security to match her birth certificate, and even gave her recruiter child custody papers to prove her name. She enlisted, got through basic, completed her A schooling, and got her orders to serve on a ship. We got married in September 2022 before she was shipped to Virginia for her new orders. While Carol was serving and I spent time packing my belongings to move out to Virginia myself, I learned that Danielle was going to therapy to possibly move on. Also, I imagined. I tried so dang hard to stay away from her during that time but she was always bugging me, wondering why Carol wasn't talking to her during the day. I let her know on repeated occasions that she has no cell service on her ship, but to her, it was just one of those in one ear and right out the other things. I eventually made it to Virginia in December of 2022 to be with Carol. We've been ignoring all of Danielle's calls for a while. Fast forward to April. Carol gets a text from Danielle asking her to call her to talk. They talk on the phone for a while, and Carol learns that her grandma is not doing well. I also get my brother's high school graduation invitation in the mail, and I want to see him graduate in May, which means Carol wants to see her grandma because she fears that she may not make it to the end of 2023. Danielle seemed to be super nice, and Carol and I both thought she changed because of all the therapy that she's been getting. So... Last week, we fly back to Colorado and Danielle loads us her car while we're there and was being way too nice to us, like a decent human. So we see my brother walk across the stage and Carol gets to see her grandma. While there, we learn that grandma wants to move into a more safer place with Carol's aunt because of her health. And Danielle has to move somewhere else because, in her eyes, everyone doesn't want to take me in because the family doesn't like me. We told her that if we weren't living in a 650 square foot one bedroom apartment on the other side of the country, then we could help her. Again, she starts being even nicer to us while still in Colorado. I even warned Carol that her being nice could mean something bad in the future, given her past behavior. Carol agreed. A few days after we flew back to Virginia, which was just five days ago, Carol gets a text from Danielle saying that she's gonna have to live in her car because nobody will help her carol asked her why she can't get a job and get her own apartment and she said that i can't get a job at my age and it's been too long and it's very expensive to live on your own especially in colorado Carol told her that we unfortunately can't help her because one, we live in a small apartment and two, we live seven states away on the other side of the country. So now, here we are today. I'm at work and I get a call from Carol saying that she needs to be with me. I ask if everything's okay because I can tell that she's not. She said she'd talk about it when she got there. 30 minutes later, she shows up and I go on my lunch break with her. She tells me that her mum literally asked for $1,000 to help her move from Colorado to Virginia so that she could be with us. $1,000! We told her multiple times that we couldn't help her because we don't have that kind of room. We let alone don't have $1,000 to just give away. We live paycheck to paycheck. I was so flabbergasted and carol told me that her being super super nice in recent times was way too good to be true which is what i felt would happen she either didn't get the therapy she needed or she lied i don't know what the case was there because there's no proof now i wasn't around for this part but carol and danielle argued over the phone more like cussing each other out per se daniel was upset with carol for not providing a home for her when she did it for her first 20 years of life and now carol can't return the favor carol then told her mother just F off already, before hanging up and blocking her completely. So, Danielle is now homeless and living in her Nissan Sentra, but we couldn't care less. All those years, Carol had to endure due to Danielle's entitled and narcissistic behavior is now biting her in the butt, and nobody wants to live with her because of this, because that female dog only cares about herself and knows what she's doing is wrong and doesn't give a dang. I personally and honestly don't care if she dies. I will pee on her grave when that happens. Well, there we go. You know what? I would normally say that letting a mother-in-law become homeless, despite how horrible a person they may be, is a pretty terrible thing to do. If you can help, it's always a good thing to do, surely. Even if you don't like them and you don't get on with them. But I think this story is an exception first of all you're living paycheck to paycheck anyway and there's a very limited amount of things that you could do especially financially i mean she's asking for a thousand dollars which just doesn't exist also it doesn't cost a thousand dollars to move from colorado to virginia i don't believe that secondly the fact of the matter is she's been a terrible mother to your wife for her entire childhood therefore even if you had unlimited money i'd probably say you know what fair enough Don't help her at all. Let her rot and let her be homeless. As horrible as that may sound. I mean, ultimately, this is just payback in its finest form. No one wants her around. I wonder why. Maybe because she's a horrible person. Get nicer and then maybe people will want to help you. That is my solution, Karen. Now for our next entitled parents story. Entitled parents tell me to F off in my own yard. Enjoy your free shower. A few years ago, I lived in a house that was a block away from a public park. It was a very large park and I noticed two soccer games occurring when I left one Saturday to go to the grocery store. When I returned home about 45 minutes later, I saw there was a truck parked beside my property. The occupants of that truck were on my property. There were two children dressed in soccer uniforms, their mum and dad, and a large Doberman. The Doberman was lying on a picnic blanket, the parents were setting up their family's picnic lunch, and the children were chasing each other all on my front lawn. I couldn't believe my eyes I pulled my car into my driveway and walked over to the family asking them why they were on my property The entitled mother then snarked at me. What does it look like? We're eating lunch I asked why they're not eating in the public park. That's a block away and she responded It's more peaceful here in complete shock I then said this is private property and you all need to leave now the mother's response Go freak yourself, you little dog. I was furious. I paid the mortgage. I do all the lawn work, and you think it's okay to trespass and tell me where to go on my own property? This was the easiest revenge ever. I walked right beside them to the outside tap that was attached to my sprinkler system and turned it on. The family started screaming and grabbed all their stuff as they ran to their truck. The mother and father screamed with the whole time and said they were going to get me. Well, this is where revenge number two came in. I downloaded my security camera footage, which showed their license plate, and I brought it to my next door neighbor, who just happened to be a police officer working that day. The parents were charged with trespassing, and I had a smile on my face for the rest of the day. And there we go. Our slash entitled parents, but with a little bit of petty revenge at the same time. Just simple enough. Like, what are you doing? You can't go on someone else's lawn. It's just, it's just illegal. And the least you deserve is is to be sprayed off it with a rather beautiful piece of water hosiery and what a word that is that i've almost definitely just made up but i love it water hosiery put it in a dictionary mother is upset i use my first name in class i teach philosophy and epistemology to high schoolers i'm also fairly young for a high school teacher i introduce myself as faye my given first name which has been my given name since birth to my students Well, I got an email from a parent reading mademoiselle Betancourt, This is karen and i'm kevin's mother I'm deeply disturbed that you allow students to call you by your first name And I believe this is unprofessional and confuses children My child's test scores clearly reflect this as your class is the only one he is struggling in and as he has maintained an outstanding Academic performance. It is clear that you are the problem I highly suggest that in order to better teach my child, you reflect on this and begin to use your professional name. So I responded, Karen, thank you for reaching out to me. I'm awfully glad you are so concerned with your child's performance in my class. As you might not be aware, I do not grade homework or tests as official standing, and they go only to show an empiricist view of one's performance. Don't worry, this means the grades you see in the system will be different from the final grade, as your child will have a 100% in my class. This was made clear in my syllabus you should also note that i attach my comments for every assignment and include an annotated copy of your child's exams and essays so that they may see where they need to improve if you have specifics about concepts your child is struggling with and ways that might better help him learn these concepts i'd be more than happy to meet with you over coffee or tea to discuss with you so she responds the annotations are incredibly vague and abstract and offer little insight into how my child who is brilliant may improve However, I see you mark him wrong every time he refers to you as Mademoiselle Betancourt and replace it with Faye It is illogical to ask of a child to indulge in using such a silly name I highly advise you quit marking my child wrong for using your professional name in his essays Likewise, I believe that as you are his teacher you should use your professional name So I decide to be petty and respond. Thank you for your response i appreciate how illogical and unsound your argumentation is as this is a perfect example of hume's law i shall be using this to model in class examples of bad argumentation from now on thank you for the free class materials i got a response back from her but i didn't respond okay and there we go just had a look at what hume's law is and it's often formulated as one can't derive an ought from an is so i guess in this situation, the teacher is saying that, yeah, okay, maybe you think that I ought to do something, but that isn't the fact. I-, I do what I want. Maybe I'm wrong there. That seems to be what she's saying. Now, as for this story on the whole, I would say that, yeah, it is pretty normal in school. To to call your teachers by their surnames. However, clearly, this teacher, Mademoiselle Betancourt, I mean, to be honest, I shouldn't say that, Faye, has clearly been allowed by her school, by the principal, whatever, to, to call herself, or at least allow her students to call herself by her given name, her first name. Otherwise, she'd be reprimanded, right? I don't imagine there's a way in which the te- her other teacher, her colleagues, the principal, her head of year, whatever, know that she or don't know that she is calling herself Faye and like, oh, we didn't realize this. Every other teacher calls themselves by their surnames. I imagine that everyone knows that she does this and she's been allowed to do this. Therefore, if you're allowed to do it and you want to do it, that's fine, right? If anything, I would say that it's more friendly with your students and you probably have a better rapport. I don't know, if it works for Faye, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it, right? I don't really care what my child or children call their teachers as long as it's with respect and the teacher allows it to be honest though i do feel a little bit bad for kevin if he's used to calling other teachers miss this or sir or mr whatever and it's just this one teacher Faye that he has to change for i don't think he should be marked down for that i'm not sure if he is but i don't know it's, it's a weird one isn't it for Faye, i get that she wants to be called by Faye. and by the way this, the mother does not need to be involved in this at all this is clearly a karen however for kevin I don't know, it seems a little bit harsh. Yes, even though the teacher is telling him, call me this. I don't know, he might feel like he has to call you Miss Bettercore or Mademoiselle Bettercore. I don't know. It's a tough one. I don't I wouldn't blame necessarily Kevin here, but for Karen getting involved, yes, there is absolutely no need. And now for our final entitled parent story of this episode. Entitled mother tried to reduce my pay for attempting to seduce her husband. I started babysitting families in my church growing up. Between the ages of 12 to 16, I babysat for over 30 families and I was highly requested in that community. I knew everyone and I attended that church since I was four. Everyone knew me, I knew everyone, very tight knit. So I babysat for a family we will call the Smiths. I knew that family since I was 10 and they had children that were younger than me. I helped with these kids for children's mass. Now I knew the family and we were kind of close because I was one of the kids helpers in a class unit. Plus, we all knew each other from the church and school. Now, I'm 13-ish when this happened. I babysat for this family, the Smiths, and it was going good. They had a pool in their backyard, and the dad had told me to pack a bathing suit. He said, The kids will probably beg you to swim with them if you don't mind, but you don't have to. So, I babysat these kids for about 5 hours, knowing that 4 hours in, the husband would come home to take a work call. Then he'd help with the kids and my parents would take me home 20 minutes before the dad gets home the kids want to swim i agree and we all get ready i'd chosen a normal bathing suit for a 13 year old but i had a larger chest than others my age and the mum of these kids now the dad comes home and asks if things are all good i tell him yes and he tells me he'll find us when he's done with his work call it's about 5 p.m and he comes out and asks to take another call He asked to take a picture to send to his wife to let her know that I'll watch the kids for longer since he had another call. TLDR, all went well till the wife shows up. Everything goes good and the kids are having a blast. I help dry them off, help them shower and change as the wife gets ready to take over and the husband has started making dinner. I was in my oversized shirt bringing the kids downstairs when the wife signals to me she pulls me aside and begins to shame me she tells me i won't be getting paid from 4 p.m to 5 45 p.m for dressing like a slut in an attempt to stray her husband from me what that my choice of swimsuit was slutty and she should have known better not to trust me that i was a i don't know if i can even say that word and that my breasts would get me nowhere in life And I was going to be odd dressing like that. Okay, wow. I was flabbergasted because I'm barely 13 at the time and I wasn't wearing a revealing swimsuit. I nod and profusely apologise because I wore this to the pool and never had any problems, and me and my bestie had matching ones. I was sobbing hysterically. I took my money and sat on the porch waiting for my mum to pick me up. I hear yelling inside. The dad comes out and gives me $50 and goes back to yelling at his wife inside the house. Oh, there's also some extra information at the bottom of this. They filed for divorce because she was having an affair with another guy. She later revealed this information to another family that I babysat for, and they told me that the wife was insecure about her chest. The dad was not a pedo and his kids are doing great. Oh my goodness. Well I don't want to say say the best to last, but let's just say say the most extreme to last. Uh goodness me. Imagine being that insecure about yourself that you're getting jealous of a 13-year-old child. I mean, I, I don't quite know what to say other than that is actually so embarrassing that it's, it's bordering on abusive because you're, you're telling a 13-year-old that they're going to get arred if they wear stuff like that. I mean, that's that's not really just insecure, is it? That's very harmful to someone's future. Karen preaches to my child. My eldest is having a playdate with a friend and her mum comes to pick her up. I'm in my bedroom with streetlight manifesto playing and my boyfriend watching the kids He comes to get me saying that mummy dearest wants to talk to me about my music and rolls his eyes So I go and she immediately starts with the you let your children listen to such blasphemy And I tell her it's really not blasphemy if we don't believe in god She then gets so outraged that we need to see the light. So I snap back at her Leave my house immediately or I will have my boyfriend assist you in finding your way to the exits. I send her an email the next morning hi emily this is famer i'm very concerned about your insistence on my preaching to my children and do not appreciate you insulting me and my children especially not in front of my child i would very much like for you to keep your religion to yourself and your family if you find what you need in your god that is wonderful for you and i'm truly happy for you but we do not share your beliefs and we very much do not want you pushing your beliefs on us and especially not our children, who do not yet possess the critical faculties to understand such difficult concepts. As a courtesy, I will refrain from playing atheist music while your child is over. I got a message back. Famer. I'm very sorry for my attitude the other day. My mother's currently in the hospital and I wasn't having a great day. I understand you have a difference of beliefs and will respect that in the future. Thank you for coming to me instead of just attacking me. So, I think it's settled, and I let my daughter go to her play date, despite my boyfriend wanting to chaperone. I should have let him. When I pick up my child, we start driving home, and I ask what they did and if she had fun, and she says, We watched a movie about Jesus. Luckily, my child already knows about Christianity, and that they have their beliefs, but that we, mummy and daddy, do not share those beliefs. But now, I have to figure out how I'm going to answer the but why questions from a five-year-old that I was hoping I could put off until she was better equipped to understand apologia and its critiques because I don't have any real issues with Christians or Christianity that aren't based in the logical failings of their arguments for the existence of God. I became an atheist because I studied philosophy. So I sent another email to Emily. Emily, this is Famer. Please explain to me why you thought it appropriate after our last conversation to proselytize to my child. Here is the response. Famer, I'm sorry. I figured you wouldn't mind giving you espouse the virtues of atheism in your home that I at least provide a counter to your blasphemy. Children should be allowed to decide whichever part they wish on their own. Emily, I responded. Thank you for responding. I will no longer be letting my child over to your house unsupervised and your child is no longer welcome over at ours unsupervised. I will be taking further actions as necessary through the school. I advise you don't weaponize your child in this and allow them to continue to be friends, However, should you fail this, I will seek a no contact order and go to the police to report your harassment. Any further correspondence can go through my boyfriend as frankly, you don't want my patience to run any thinner than it already is. His contact information is attached and I've CC'd him to this thread now. We haven't heard back. Well, I hope after that threat, I mean, it's so ridiculous that you even need to make that threat of your boyfriend getting involved, that, that is going to be the end of that story. And it certainly looks as if it is. But yeah, overall, I will say I completely agree with you, OP. It's one thing having your own beliefs and your own religion. And I'm completely here for that. And as you said yourself, if you believe in whatever you believe in, that is completely fine. And genuinely, yeah, I'm happy for people that have their beliefs in whatever they believe in. It's all good with me. But once you start forcing and pushing those beliefs onto other people's children, yeah, that I don't really agree with. Now, moving on to our next entitled parent story. Now, I will give a little bit of warning before we get into this one it's a little bit graphic perhaps um if you're not very good with blood or bodily fluids or that sort of stuff maybe you want to avoid and just skip to the the third story of this episode but it's a really good story to be honest and a serious story and one that i wanted to cover and show you guys so if you're keen here we go my mum, a 41 year old woman believes me a minor under the age of 17 vomiting blood and having violent diarrhea is because i don't exercise enough i am currently sitting on the toilet writing this in incredible pain yesterday night i was sent to the er because my stomach was in serious pain i came back with violent diarrhea and i ended up vomiting blood all over my floor My mum claims that she cannot take care of it and that I should be able to when I'm literally pooping blood. She's been told multiple times for over a year to take me to a gastrointestinal specialist because I'm suffering symptoms of something chronic, but she will not take me. She believes it is my fault I am this way when I try my absolute best to take care of myself when suffering from severe mental illness. She took them saying that I should see a specialist as a F you, I was right on her part and is claiming that if I just ate better, I'd be fine. She is aware I'm recovering from an eating disorder and before that ever started, I had serious stomach issues. Last night, I threw up blood and bile onto my room floor and I'm unaware how to clean it, being that the smell would most likely make me vomit again. It's a genuine biohazard But she has forbidden me from cleaning it myself Saying that she doesn't want to deal with me asking how and that she'll get it But she said this last night and now almost 10 She's not remotely began to help clean it or tell me how to clean it I cannot change clothes because it's in my room. I cannot sleep because it's in my room I cannot put on pants because it's in my room and when I ask her to just tell me how to clean it she refuses i don't know what to do at this point and it's gotten to a point that the pain in my stomach will temporarily paralyze my limbs and caused me to go unconscious. No matter how bad it gets, she always ends up saying that there's no way I can have these health problems because I'm too young. When she's the one that goes to the doctor for a minor headache, but won't take her child to a doctor, despite being repeatedly referred by doctors to do so. I'm scared for my life, as the pain gets worse by the day, and I'm barely even digesting food anymore. I cannot even drink water without risking my body rejecting it." Okay, so this is pretty much just abuse. Anyone got, any, uh, anyone got any contrasting opinions? Leave them in the comments down below. I doubt it though. It literally is just abuse of your child. Is it not? Am I wrong? Am I missing something? It is. I mean, like, you're vomiting blood and saying, first of all, let's not go to the doctor or A&E. And second of all, let's not even bother cleaning it up, guys. Let's just leave it there. That was your fault. I want you to deal with it but I'm not even gonna tell you how. Such good parenting. Let's carry on. Now for our third entitled parent story of this episode. How my wife ruined her mum's mother's day by treating her like a mum. My mother-in-law is an annoying person to say in the nicest way. She has extremely low self-worth and she compensates that by forcing the world to go around her. As family who interact with her regularly, we're forced to treat her like a queen, every day, every minute. If we don't, then there will be drama. the way from pouting going to her room fainting leaving the house to full-blown breakdown including saying why should i live on this planet anymore if no one cares about me yeah to see an old lady say she'll kill herself just because we don't give her a few minutes of attention is a bizarre thing to witness so it's exhausting to be around her but what else can my wife and my sister-in-law do she is their mum, and they both try their darn best To make her feel special but they'd also like to interact with her as their mum too not just as some out of touch royalty they would like to crack jokes chat about general things and share their problems not having to be constantly worried what statement might tick her off when they were kids in her orbits things were fine as she controlled them and that made her feel as though she was the center of attention but now that they're married, have family of their own, and that she is not the anchor of the family, she's started becoming more and more demanding that we perform some elaborate rituals to make her feel special. It's becoming extremely exhausting. So, onto the actual event itself. My mother-in-law and father-in-law have travelled to our country and are staying with us for a short time to help us with the kids, as we all live halfway across the globe. My wife planned an elaborate Mother's Day event centered around my mother-in-law, even though she herself is a mum too. One of those that included lunch in a popular ethnic cuisine restaurant, By the way, had she not planned it herself, there would have been a snarky comment at the end of the day saying, seems like you don't care about your mum enough to plan something for me. I was waiting the whole day for you to do something. Anyway, morning went uneventfully as we've been pampering the grown-up toddler and my mother-in-law was quite jubilant. We go to the restaurant and I and our elder one go in to set up the table as my wife is bringing the others in, my mother-in-law, father-in-law and our little one. My 2-year-old, the real toddler, decides to throw a tantrum for toddler reasons, but then my mother-in-law sees this beautiful garden in front of the restaurant and wants my wife to take her picture. My mother-in-law doesn't care about anything and forces my wife to take several pictures as my wife is holding a crying, fussing and kicking toddler at her hip. Having basked in the glory of being the centre of attention, my mother-in-law is satisfied enough and they all come in. My wife is ticked off from that, but tries her best to be cheerful. The waiter comes in to take the order, and right then, my mother-in-law decides to go to the restroom. My wife asks her to order before going, as the kids will get hangry if we wait for long. But the big mistake my wife did was she asked in a normal tone, a regular conversational tone, instead of a pleading or pleasing pampering tone. How dare we order her royalty on what to do? That was strike one. As me and my wife are looking at the bazillion choices and trying to order for kids, ourselves, Spice Level, etc., etc., we got absorbed into ordering without paying attention to the most important person. My mother in law wasn't the centre of attention for two full minutes. How dare we? That is strike two. We didn't notice that or ask what she wants. She asked if they have a particular ethnic dish, which is a regular staple we have almost every day at home, like a grilled cheese sandwich, that too in an indifferent meek tone. She was indirectly implying that she's just a nobody because of strike one and two, and therefore she was ordering some peasant food. That was our cue to realize our mistake, prostrate before her, beg her forgiveness, and bring the world back into alignment before things go downhill. We fail to notice that change in her tone, which was strike three. Instead, my wife suggests, "Mum, we have that almost every day at home, so why don't you, but my mother-in-law cuts her off, saying, I know that. Are you saying I don't know that? And then storms to the restroom. We're all figuring out what the frick happened and we finish ordering. My mother-in-law comes back and unloads on my wife how she has disrespected her. We brought her to this country and ever since then, my wife has made it her mission to do nothing but continuously humiliate her and then she starts crying. I quickly realize what I conspired, but my innocent wife, whose heart is only filled with love and not such evil games, doesn't realize drama that my mother-in-law wants. Instead, she's trying to understand how suggesting that the dish is a regular staple at home is humiliating. And my mother-in-law goes, you're implying I'm dumb and don't even know this. You have ruined Mother's Day. All daughters do special things on Mother's Day, and here you are ruining mine with a few other delectable quotes. My wife says again and again, that's just a regular thing to say to your mum. But my mother-in-law is adamant that my wife humiliated her by implying that she is dumb for not knowing it's a staple dish we regularly eat at home. So she storms off to sit outside. Seriously, that was the entire discussion for a full five minutes. It was extremely bizarre to see a 60-year-old woman throw a tantrum and accuse her daughter because she said, it's a regular staple we eat at home. Now, normally we would run after her and apologize and beg her to come back and keep apologizing throughout lunch, which is what she wanted after three strikes. But this time we were so over this BS having been through similar ones so many times. So we just sat and ate in peace without an extra side of drama. But my wife was heartbroken. She'd done all this planning, wanted to be a good daughter, wanted her mum to feel special, and in the end has ruined Mother's Day by talking to her mum as a mum and not as a royal. So, a 60-year-old woman started crying in the middle of lunch rush in a popular restaurant, all because we didn't give her attention for 5 minutes while busy ordering food for our kids. There are hundreds of other similar stories, but this is one of the clearest what the frick just happened honestly guys if i had someone like that in my family i think i just have to retire and say you know what i can't do this anymore i actually just don't even want to be affiliated with you in any single way anymore you are that annoying why is a 60 year old woman acting like the youngest at that table when there is also a two-year-old there i mean whose tantrum was worse genuinely the two-year-olds who was Tanturing because they're a toddler or a 60 year old woman's because your daughter asked you a question like what is actually going on you just know exactly what sort of person she is like i don't even have to meet this person to know exactly how they function day to day as op said thinking the entire world revolves around them but just being so annoying and just like precious and almost like a princess i mean is describing her as royalty is absolutely perfect that is exactly how she thinks she is that everyone should bow down to her she needs a you know a taste of her own medicine. I don't know exactly what that would entail if you have any ideas comment down below. How does OP and his family? How do we let this woman or make this woman realize that she is so so entitled? I want to hear your thoughts step Monster tried to kidnap me and my sister for christmas This happened in 2009 when I was 15 and my sister was 11 i honestly don't remember it well i had to call my mother to fill me in on some details and it helped a little my parents got divorced when i was 10. my mother got primary custody but we stayed with my father for about three days a week sometimes more they took turns celebrating the holidays with us we'd spend them with one parent in one year and with the other one the next in march 2009 my father and his then girlfriend molly broke up after he confessed to cheating with the woman that eventually became my stepmom years later i found out that the affair had been going on for almost two years by the time he told molly he introduced stepmom to us in may on my birthday actually and they almost immediately announced their engagements from that moment she started trying to force us all to be a happy blended family which usually meant forcing us to do everything she or sometimes my stepbrother wanted and pretending my mum wasn't in the picture Stepmom and my dad started pushing her to leave us with them a lot more often than my parents had previously agreed But she thankfully wouldn't budge We started getting ready for the holidays in november and stepmom started talking about a ski resort that she wanted to visit with us It was a three-hour car drive from where we lived and was clearly more suited for couples younger children or the elderly Neither me or my sister actually wanted to go but before we could say that, stepmom asked us when we'd be done with my school so that she could book it for a two-week trip during our winter break. I was happy to be the one to break it to her. We'd spent Christmas and New Year's Day with my father and Molly the year before, so it was mum's turn to have us. My father and stepmom called my mother dozens of times to try to convince her to let them take us, insisting that stepmom was excited to spend Christmas with us and that the previous year's holidays didn't count because we'd spent them with molly my mum said no as she'd already made plans and the subject was dropped for a few weeks then on our last day of school before winter break stepmum picked me and my sister up from our schools that was fine we were supposed to spend a couple of days with my father before the holidays what wasn't fine was that the moment we got into her car stepmum said we're going to the ski resort surprise she proceeded to tell us that they'd already packed our bags for us and dad would meet us there I asked if my mum knew about this and she said, sure, but I knew that was a lie. I also didn't believe her when she said we'd only be there for a couple of days and would be back before Christmas. I figured they'd book the two week stay they wanted and would probably guilt trip us both into staying once their couple of days were up. I was terrified. I didn't have a phone. My mum thought I was still too young to have one. Didn't trust my stepmum and I could see that my sister was even more scared. I told my stepmum we didn't want to go. She said, fine let's just pick your stepbrother up from school we picked him up from school and then stepmom said okay now let's go to the resort i said again that we didn't want to go she said fine let's just find a gas station and fill up that pattern repeated itself about six times over the next hour every time i said we didn't want to go she'd make an excuse and pretend to forget my plea as we were about to leave town my dad called stepmom i heard them fight for a few minutes about something and then she hung up my stepbrother asked her what happened, but she didn't answer. Then she said, I'm taking you kids to your mum's. She turned the car around and took us home. When we got there, my mum pulled us out of the car and screamed at my stepmum to leave, which she did. Mum was hugging us and bawling as if she hadn't seen us in years. She didn't tell me the full story until a few days later. Basically, my mum called my dad in panic because he'd never told her we'd gotten home, which he always did whenever he picked us up from school. He was hoping she wouldn't call until we were already at the resort. My father knew that lying would do more harm than good, so he told her their plans. He tried to spin it around as something my sister wanted, but my mother didn't buy it. She told him that if stepmom didn't take us back to her place, she'd call the police. My father and stepmom took my stepbrother to the resort. For a few months after, they bragged about all the fun they had and all the things that me and my sister had missed. My stepbrother later confided in me that he actually hated it. He barely saw his mum while they were there and he spent Christmas mostly alone in their room. Stepmum called us both selfish for trying to ruin their holidays. My sister actually felt guilty for a while and I had to reassure her. My mum didn't call the cops or press charges at the time She didn't know if what stepmom did would qualify as a crime or if they'd actually help She also feared that that would ruin our relationship with my father With whom she was still trying to stay on amicable terms years later. She told me she regretted not calling anyone And that's the story of how I got my first phone for some reason I really hate this story so much that I avoid talking about it This text was actually in my notes for almost a week It's far from the worst thing my stepmom has ever done, but it still angers me. I admit that writing it all down did help a little though. Wow, what a mental start to the episode. I don't know the laws here. And guys, if you do know the laws and the legalities of this, please do get in the comments down below and help me out. But surely this must be illegal, right? It must go down to custodian laws or something. If you have an agreement put in place contractually, with your ex or the person that you were, you know, with when you had this child and then you're now split up from, then you can't just go against that. I don't, I don't see how you can do that. That has to be illegal. It literally has to be. Otherwise, what's the point in custody ever? Now, I kind of get what your mum's saying. Maybe she didn't realise exactly what would happen or if the police would listen, but yeah, there has to be some repercussions for doing this. You can't just say, uh, you know what? I don't care that my now- Husband had a different wife or different girlfriend last year. Uh, that's that's I don't care about that I'm now gonna have his kids for this christmas and gonna steal them away from their mum for two weeks Like I just don't see how that can be legal. Let me down below. Nonetheless. It's extremely immoral That I mean, that's clear and um, yeah I now see why you call this woman step monster now for our second entitled parent story of this episode my toddler's shoes don't match his underwear heresy so, I've said in a few previous posts that I used to work in childcare, and as such, have a few good stories. This happened a few years ago, and so some details are foggy, but I'll do my best to get the important bits across clearly. The childcare centre I worked at was divided into two floors infants and toddlers downstairs, and three year olds and up upstairs. I was working downstairs in a toddler room when I met the entitled parents of this story. To set the stage, Their childcare was subsidised, meaning that the state paid for most, if not all, of it. I also knew through conversation that their housing was also subsidised. They were on food stamps, etc., etc. Basically, if there was a financial aid system active in the state, they weren't receiving it. I don't say this to disparage anyone who needs those services, but to point out the absurdity of their lifestyle. They drove a Mercedes and a BMW, both new they wore gold and precious stones expensive clothes never the same outfit twice always had fresh haircuts and the entitled mum in particular took great pride in her long gaudy nails i'm not sure how they could afford all of these luxuries and still qualify for government assisted everything considering they were both unemployed i suspect the entitled dad dealt illicit substances but since i lack concrete evidence i won't get into that apparently they wanted these traits to rub off on their son who we will call adam As a two-year-old, Adam wore brand name clothes, new outfits every day, had professionally styled buzz cuts and diamond studs in his ears. The earliest story of insanity I can recall from these people was only a few days after their care started. We asked parents to have a few spare changes of clothes for our younger kids, who on occasion needed them for obvious reasons. This entitled mum was happy to oblige with several full outfits, not just pants, shirts, socks, and underwear, mind you, full outfits pants shirts socks underwear belts shoes hats accessories pretty sure we could have found the kitchen sink in there if we looked hard enough naturally him being a toddler he did what toddlers are wont to do and had an accident one morning it wasn't serious just needed some new undies and pants so we gave him just that and he went about his day being an ordinary human child However, when his entitled mum came to pick him up that afternoon, she took it upon herself to very loudly and forcefully educate all of us that when one piece of the outfit needs to be changed, everything changes, and that in future she wants us to change him into whole new sets of clothes every time he needs to be changed, regardless of how minor it is. I'm sure there's more tales of Toddler Adam's entitled mum to tell. Like that time she threw a torrential fit that one of his diamond earrings went missing because duh toddlers will play with piercings but i went back to working upstairs with the older kids shortly after that and wouldn't be reintroduced to the entitled mum for about another year until adam came up and became part of my group again and things went from mildly annoying to just kind of sad the first thing we repeatedly tried to bring to their attention were issues with adam's sight he had at least one lazy eye and it was pretty severe during each of his yearly vision screenings held at the center for all the kids the nurse would always recommend that he be taken to an optometrist as the problem could be corrected since he was still young but no my son ain't wearing no glasses was all we ever got out of the entitled mum when we broached the issue because of his impaired vision coupled with the fact that his home life consisted of sitting in front of a tv or phone all the time he began to fall behind developmentally. There was nothing wrong with his cognitive abilities. In fact, I actually think he could be quite smart when he wanted to be. But it was just very clear that his parents saw him as nothing more than an accessory to dress up and post pictures of on Facebook. So even as a three-year-old, he just didn't care. He wouldn't engage during activities, was very unsociable, and constantly sought attention through disruptive or destructive means. He wasn't a bad kid. There's no such thing. But he had a lot of problems that his parents negligence made worse by the day The one point that i'll never forget was one day One of our activities was getting all the kids in his age group to write the letters of their name in order And while most kids were able to do at least some of it Adam was still at a point where he didn't even know what letters were in his name Or maybe he did but his motivation to do anything was just non-existent So, being about as stubborn as he was, I sat with him all that afternoon going over it with him, the letters in his name, and the motions to write them on paper, and I wasn't going to stop until something happened. And at some point, it did. Eventually, he was able to write a great big letter A on a piece of paper, all by himself, and I'll never forget the look on his face when he realized what he'd done. It was like he instantly became a whole different kid. Not someone sitting with his arms crossed, staring blankly at the table, happy to wait until you got bored of trying to help and moved on. He was beaming ear to ear, holding the paper up to me and proudly proclaiming, A for Adam, A for Adam. After a few high fives, he was more than happy to spend the rest of that afternoon practicing his A's. And we were both excited to show his mum what a great job he did when she came to pick him up. Uh Uh-huh, that's cool, honey. Let's go. She didn't even look down from her phone. And I've never seen a kid look more disappointed since. This kind of behaviour continued until their care eventually ended. I don't remember the exact reason, but they weren't kicked out or anything. And even after. One day, weeks after they were no longer with us, I answer a call from the entitled mum out of the blue demanding her tax papers. Now when you have a kid or kids in childcare, you get some kind of form every year to file with the rest of your taxes for something or other I wasn't an office worker, so I don't know the details What I do know is that we're not the ones who provide those forms So we don't have anything for her This answer does not appease her as she just keeps demanding over and over again that we give her her tax papers We're withholding them. We're stealing from her yada yada After informing her for the sixth or seventh time that we can't help her as we don't have her tax information She just tells me that she'll be there in 10 minutes to take them herself Before I can even tell her not to she's hung up true to her word She's in the building 10 minutes later Coming into the office and demanding that we give her those tax papers that we don't even have and threatening to get physical If we don't Having had enough of her malarkey, I tell her flat out that she's no longer enrolled at this center and has no business on the premise. And it's not until I'm dialing 911 that she finally leaves. I call the non-emergency line anyway to report what happened just to be safe, though. Yeah, so anyway, she was arrested for robbery and assault yesterday. So that's why I thought I'd share a few stories. Sorry, what? You can't can't come along out of nowhere and just say that at the end. I mean, yeah, she was a pretty crazy mother this entire time. But I thought she was just entitled. I didn't think she was actually going to get arrested. What? Uh, Goodness me. I mean, look, a truly terrible person. It's pretty clear to see. But uh, yeah, just didn't expect that ending. I've got to say, I really just feel so bad for the kid. Like, it's not his fault that he's been so badly treated. And his parents, or at least clearly his mums lack of enthusiasm for his life in general, outside of literally just being a doll, as you said, OP, it's just so sad. As, as you said, it's just an incredibly sad story. That one moment where he saw joy in learning for the first time... Writing that A out after you had to toil and work hard to even get him to write the letter A at that age was was so nice to see. But yeah, all taken away by the negligence of an entitled parent. Entitled mum wanted my baby to trap her boyfriend. I've been sitting on this one for a while, and it was the tipping point that led to me going no contact with my entitled mum. A few years ago, after dropping out of college and having to move back in with my entitled mum, financial reasons stemming from my mother, I found out I was pregnant. Five months pregnant, 19, and single. Scary, right? So I went to my mother and told her because I didn't really know what else to do. The first thing out of her mouth verbatim was, oh, this is perfect. Can I have it? Obviously, I thought I heard her wrong or that she was just screwing with me because what? But no, I'd heard her perfectly. She went on about how she thought her new boyfriend was going to break up with her and that since he was a widow, his wife and child had died in childbirth, he wouldn't leave her if she got pregnant. On the spot, she pitched this elaborately stupid plan of us hiding my pregnancy and then passing my baby off as her own, as if we didn't live in the same city as all our family. Basically, I told her she was crazy and we went back and forth for a bit before she threw a full-blown tantrum, screaming about how ungrateful I was and why couldn't I just do this one thing for me and she stormed off and locked herself in her room where she promptly went on her phone and aired out my entire situation on facebook well within the hour both sides of my family knew my father equally an entitled jerk but separated from my mother showed up with his girlfriend at my door and informed me that they'd already set up an appointment for the following week with a local adoption agency and that they knew i'd do the right thing which i did by packing my stuff And couch hopping with friends for a bit until i got on my feet this honestly wasn't the worst thing my entire mum has ever done to me but it was definitely the turning point to realizing i didn't want or trust her around myself or my child anyway i haven't really talked to or seen either of my parents since and now i have a charming three-year-old boy and a lovely fiance so life is much better that is amazing to hear right okay fine is this the most stupid one so far oh this is perfect Can I have your baby? How about no, but for a million dollars, yes. Now that didn't actually come into part of this story, but my question to you OP is, for a million dollars, would you have sold your baby? That has gotta be tempting. I know I'd be tempted. In all seriousness, this is a weird story. I don't really know what your mum was actually thinking of this entire time. Do they want you to give your baby up so they could adopt it? I don't really understand what's going on. Like both your parents are just mental and overall, It's just great that you got out of there. As you can tell, I'm still quite confused. This honestly wasn't the worst thing my entitled mum has ever done to me. Right, so what's she done then? Apart from trying to steal your baby. Things are worse than that? I don't even want to know. I'm joking. I do. Make another post, please, OP. Let's carry on. My aunt stole my inheritance. Then karma struck and her life fell apart. My aunt was one of two kids my grandparents had. My mother was the polar opposite to my aunt's. She worked from the age of 12 in my grandfather's shop Never asked for anything and eventually managed to start her own business My aunt never held down a job until the age of 26 She was constantly stealing from her parents and was constantly in trouble Despite this my aunt was spoiled by my grandmother and so were her kids She had three kids from three different men and her first husband was not one of them If you know what I mean, it didn't matter what my aunt or her kids did my grandmother would always Always jumped to their defense, she never had time for my mum and her kids unless it was to get something from us. The only reason my mum would visit her was because she loved my grandfather. My grandfather passed away in 2004, and a few months after, my nan decided to write up a new will. My mother and my aunt were both present for it when she signed it, so they knew what was in it. It made it so that when she passed away, her home would be sold, and the money split 25% each to my mum and aunt, and the remaining 50% would go evenly to the grandkids. At the time, the home was worth more than half a million pounds, so it would be a little inheritance but nothing life-changing in 2010 my mom died after an accident and did not have a current will in place as she no longer had her business and was renting a house she didn't have anything of much monetary value the only thing she was concerned about was what would be done at her funeral should she pass away but she told me everything she wanted The music the flowers the coffin color and even what people were to wear at the funeral She wanted people to wear bright warm colors So when she passed my aunt and nan took over all the arrangements and tried to undo all the things I told them the songs were going to be songs I knew mum didn't like the flowers were all the wrong colors and they picked a hideous coffin with the help of my siblings We were able to change a few of the things back to what they were supposed to be but the coffin couldn't be changed for some reason. And my nan refused to let people come dressed as clowns, so it was all black. It was frustrating. After the funeral, my nan had her will changed. My siblings and I were told by our aunt that she didn't have any involvement with the writing of the will, and our nan told us that she changed it so that mum's share would go to her kids instead. All good, we thought. After mum passed away, my nan just stopped talking about my mum. At first, we thought it was because she was still recovering from losing her daughter. But even five years after Mum passed, she still wouldn't talk about her. Even if you brought up a story about my mum, Nan would very obviously try and change the subject, usually about how hard my aunt and her trashy kids had it. And if you went to talk about your own problems, she would somehow bring it back to my aunt. I suffered a mental breakdown after my mum's death, so you can imagine how much it hurt to hear, "Well, X has had it so much worse." In 2016, my Nan passed away. She'd written down what she wanted to be done for her funeral. And it was basically all the same things that she'd picked out for my mum's funeral, even the music to be played. I don't know why she tried to have a dress rehearsal funeral using my mum as the stand in, but it was obvious that that's what she was trying to do. So after a couple of months, our siblings and I were waiting to hear about the will reading, and my aunt kept telling me, Oh, it will be another month before we can do the reading. I didn't mind, I wasn't fussed about the money, to be honest. But my oldest brother was hoping to use the money to pay for a honeymoon for him and his then fiance And my younger brother was about to start uni. So it would have been one heck of a help Eventually my dad bumped into the solicitor my grandmother had used to deal with her will and asked what was happening The solicitor let slip that the will had already been read and that it left everything to my aunt's When my dad questioned this, the solicitor told him that my aunt had been present when the will was written, despite promising that she had nothing to do with it. When confronted, my aunt initially tried to deny, but eventually admitted to lying to all of us. She showed us the will and it confirmed what we already knew. The house and all its contents were now my aunt's. This included my granddad's war medals, he fought in the second world war. When I told her that he'd promised them to me before he died, she said, Well, unless you have it in writing you will have nothing in this house. Anyway, I already gave them to clive My heart sank clive not his real name Obviously was her eldest son and the dictionary definition of a screw-up He'd been in and out of prison for stealing and dealing drugs I knew that the moment that idiot got his hands on my granddad's medals They would have been sold off We looked into taking her to court over the will But everyone we spoke to said that we probably wouldn't get anything out of it She immediately put the house up for sale at close to three quarters of a million pounds She'd angered too many people in our town So she was going to sell the house and move closer to her daughter who lives in a big city An offer was made on the house and she put down a deposit on a house near the big city and i thought that was that here's where karma comes into play the people who wanted my nan's house had a survey done on the house to see if there were issues and oh boy there were It turns out that the land the house was built on was way too soft for the type of house it was and it was sinking it sunk about two centimeters in the 40 plus years my nan and granddad had lived there but the sinking was accelerating to one centimeter per year this meant that within the next three years the house would need some serious work or be knocked down The new value of the house? Just £60,000. Therefore, the buyers immediately pulled out, having not even put down a deposit. She couldn't buy her new house, but still had to pay the deposit on it. And while this was happening, she let Clive move in with her into her house that she rented from the council. He wasn't allowed to live in any of the council houses because he trashed every single one he'd ever been given. Somebody reported this, and she was kicked out of her home. She was forced to move into my nan's old home as she couldn't live anywhere else So there she is living in a crumbling house with her idiot son and her partner She was stuck there for two years Every time I saw her she'd try and start talking to me and I would just ignore her and walk off One time as I was walking away she screamed Your mother deserved to die for having a r-word like you in the middle of a busy street Someone reported her to the police and she had an official warning from them and was ridiculed on facebook Every time I saw her after that she looked more and more miserable Eventually, she sold the house for something like eighty-five thousand pounds and moved in with her daughter in the big city I lost contact with her and her kids after this. I thought karma had been issued Oh, but karma still wasn't done with her I bumped into one of her former friends and she told me what happened after she left our town She moved into her daughter's home. Let's call her sue But they only had a three-bedroom house and three kids My aunt and her partner had to live in the smallest room in the house While my aunt looked for a job and a home to rent even with eighty five thousand pounds cash She couldn't afford a home anywhere after about a month. My aunt's partner ran off after emptying her account She was left stranded in sue's house not contributing anything because all the money she makes goes into bingo Eventually, sue and my aunt get into a screaming match and my aunt says something along the lines of I should have aborted you Sue immediately kicked her out of her house So again, there's my aunt in a city where she knows nobody no money no home and the last bridge She had a smoldering wreck Last anyone is hurt. She was living in a caravan in the roughest part of the city And she can no longer work because she's suffering early onset arthritis and can no longer move her hands I know I shouldn't get joy out of something like this happening to another person But it does bring me some peace as to what happened. Wow before we got into the end of that story I was thinking okay. That is some pretty good karma I'm happy that everything seems to have evened itself out and then there was another paragraph And it kept going and going and honestly, I loved every second of it I mean look stealing someone's inheritance is one thing But things like those war medals that have obviously been sold. You're never gonna get them back Those are memories that have no price. You cannot put a price on them They are so special to you and they've gone I mean that if anything is worth all that karma alone. And look i'll say this karma is a but then again so is your aunt so it seems completely fair to me now if you like stolen inheritance stories You're gonna to want to stay tuned because i've got another one for you Mom wants me to sign over two hundred and fifty thousand beneficiary check. My dad passed away recently, and it came to light that he named me as one of the beneficiaries on his life insurance policy. My mom says that it was a mistake, and that I'm not supposed to be a beneficiary. Just her. She wants me to file for the money and sign the check over to her. I'm going to go through with it because she is my mom, and blah blah whatever. But the insulting part is that my mom says I can keep five thousand dollars from it to throw my wedding. I only have two thousand from my own money because my partner and I are kind of broke is she being entitled or am I or both of us? Okay, wow This is one of the craziest posts i've ever read opie couldn't possibly be less understanding of the situation I don't want to be harsh, but that is the truth But thankfully there is an update which we're going to get straight into and hopefully some sense has come into opie's head Or at least someone has told them what they really should be doing here. Oh boy. Well, some updates are due First of all, thank you all for your concern and comments in my first post. It was helpful to hear your perspective on the money and it definitely changed my view of the whole situation. To recap quickly, my dad passed away and he named me as a beneficiary on his life insurance policy. My mum said it was a mistake and that I'm not supposed to be a beneficiary, just her. So she wants me and my brother to far for the money and then sign the check over to her. Now on the policy, my mum is named at 34% and my brother and I are named at 33%. And my younger sister is not named. It turns out that the policy was not made before my sister was born which adds to the murkiness and confusion surrounding why my sister is not included my guess is that my dad signed up for this policy and forgot my sister's social thinking he'd just come back to it later and revise but he never got around to it i guess he was bipolar and did things impulsively sometimes I think this life insurance policy was one of them. Well, at least he had life insurance. Suggesting we slow down and talk about this policy more has made me the bad guy in the family. My mum and my brother think that I am being selfish. It's gotten so tense that we have to discuss things via email because everyone is getting so emotional about it. My mum continues to insist that he made a mistake. She writes, When dad took out this policy, his intention was for me, my mum, to have money to pay off the house, which is already paid off by the way. And have financial means to take care of the family dad would never ever intentionally exclude his youngest daughter from this scenario if his intentions were to split things between the family i believe he completed the paperwork incorrectly because he didn't understand how to write the policy to support his intentions i responded with a proposal the three of us split the cost of my dad's medical bills for the past two years of his illness hospice care costs and the funeral. After that is settled my brother and I split our portions into three so that my sister gets a share She does not like this proposal and passive aggressively told me to not bother paying her back for the medical and funeral costs I also get the sense that she is trying to guilt trip me because she keeps saying that she can't afford to screen in her porch I'm sure there'll be more updates. This feels long from over Okay, then just as I was going to say with the first one, really I feel like with this story, you need to just get a lawyer involved You need someone in the mixer who knows exactly what is going on and exactly what you can and can't do To stop your mum from getting away with this I am glad though that my fears after the first post before this update are not going to come to fruition I was very worried there that you were just going to sign over just because she's your mum and be done with it. But thankfully, the people of Reddit have told you that that is not a good idea. And that is the beauty of Reddit and why I love the platform, because you do get the most genuine, helpful advice on the entirety of the internet from people who know a lot more than you. And look, I hold my hands up. I put myself in that situation too. A lot of times I need to know some information that I can't just instantly find. I'll ask a question on Reddit and I'll get fantastic answers. However, with all that being said, as I said at the beginning, I would still get a lawyer involved to make sure that you're not conned out of an incredible amount of money. Entitled parent parks in my driveway. I own a house a couple houses down from a school, so this was bound to happen eventually. When it's time for the kids to go home, my street is lined bumper to bumper with parents to pick up their kids. The sidewalks are full of families who walk all the way to their cars. I often have to pick up balloons, snack packaging, old homework worksheets, and general garbage that the kids drop. If you're trying to get home around the time school lets out, there is no way you're going to be able to get there before the blockade the parents make is gone. This has been a problem the few years we've lived here. There's two places the kids let out. My street, which is a small cul-de-sac with the school at the top, and a main road that's open all the way down to a baseball park with a wider road to allow street parking and two-way driving. Obviously, if you can't find parking, the tiny residential road isn't the way to go. There are three cars at my home. My car, my roommate's car, and my husband's utility van, which he parks on the road to avoid blocking our roommate since she's frequently in and out. Fridays today I work from home. So when I finish work, I put my head out the window to look at my fruit tree I have near my driveway. It's spring I keep excitedly looking for blooms and I notice a big white buick suv in the middle of my driveway blocking both spots for my car Which my husband was using since I was home and my roommate spots. Honestly, why would you park in someone's driveway? So on top of these entitled parents blocking up our small residential road This person decided to take up a private residence's driveway I got on the phone with the non-emergency police line and took pictures of the vehicle and plates Then I got my husband's keys and backed his vehicle up to block the suv into my driveway and I waited 50 minutes later the mum bug-eye sunglasses, big old diamonds on her jewelry, and wearing athleisure, and she comes around to hop in the driver's seat and smiles and waves at me, sitting on my steps. Honestly, she probably thought I was the homeowner's kid or something, as I'm in my early 20s, atypical for a homeowner. Hi, hope you don't mind, she said. You're trespassing. Why would you park in a private driveway? Sorry, I won't do it again. We were just leaving. She was being really dismissive and avoiding eye contact, despite taking the sunglasses off. I don't care. You have no right to park on my property. I'm on the phone with the police. It was just for a second. I was just picking up my daughter. It doesn't matter. You don't live here. You don't park here. At this point, I realise the non-emergency police aren't going to pick up. So I hang up and decide to screw with her a bit she got in her suv and dismissively waved at me so i got in my vehicle that was blocking her in and waited pretending to still be on the phone she starts trying to back out of my driveway because there was a little bit of a gap between my utility van and my neighbor's car but it was definitely too small for this buick i'd like to point out that this vehicle has a scuffed front bumper so i had a feeling she has no spatial awareness outside of her backup camera every time she backed up i honked still pretending to be on the phone She tried again. I honked again She looked at my grass and I was about to start recording her in case she tried to go through my front yard And I honked again if she kept trying to back out and hit my big utility van She would certainly lose she then gets out of her suv and comes up to my van Recognizing that she can't do anything without making it far worse for herself Her face was visibly patchy from the distress and she asked again Are you really calling the police? Yes, you're illegally parked on my private property. That is illegal. I don't care if it's for five seconds. Don't freaking do it. You don't live here. Her kid then got out of the car and I decided that was enough. So I waited for her to get back in her SUV and I parked my van back in its rightful spot and I let her out. After that, I called the school and gave them the license plate number. Nothing would probably come of it, but I don't think she'll park in someone's driveway again anytime soon. I'll take the jerk points because there's a child involved but you shouldn't put your child in situations like this anyways and there we go a classic entitled parent story to end this episode look we've seen stories like this before but I'll never understand despite how many stories I read that are quite similar to this why people do these sort of things and then why they think they can just get away with it when they're caught like you've been caught hold your hands up and say yeah you got me That's my bad. I shouldn't have done that. Don't try and go on the grass. Don't try and bump into another car It's just ridiculous Especially given the fact that your kid is in the passenger seat and you've just picked him up from school And they're the ones that are learning all these lessons and probably getting extremely embarrassed by your disgusting actions Crazy lady accuses me of kidnapping my stepson tries to kidnap him from me first a little backstory I am a mixed ethnicity individual. I've been confused for many races over the course of my 29 years on this planet but I'm literally Caucasian and African American. Usually it can be figured out, but the difference with me is that my father is the Caucasian. So therefore my hair is straight. I'm originally from Texas and I'm usually confused with being Mexican, but now I live in Massachusetts and I've never had an issue with anyone concerning my race until this day. Also, I am married to a Caucasian woman who had a child before we married. His father is not in his life as much and I took the responsibility because I love this woman And I love this little boy as if he were my own He's four now and i've been in his life since he was one Anyways on to the story My wife needed a few things from the grocery store and she needed to run a few more errands Now usually she just goes and knocks things out herself because i'm asleep. I work nights But this particular day I happen to be awake and I offer to go for her She works hard and does a lot So I definitely felt it was necessary to do something for her so that she could just relax for the day I took my son with me so that she could rest up and just take it easy And it gave me time to spend with my son for some bonding We completed all of the errands which went smoothly and then headed to the grocery store to finish up our day My son being a typical four-year-old was full of energy running ahead of me laughing and speaking to everyone He comes across which I generally don't mind as long as he doesn't hit anyone and stays within eye view As I'm making my way down an aisle looking for canned corn, my son jogs to the end of it when an older lady is entering at the other end. My son, being the sweet social butterfly he is, approached and exclaims an excited, hi, me four and me Ryan. Bless his little heart. The lady looked down and says, well, hello there. You shouldn't be running around unattended. Let's go and find your parents. I didn't think anything of her statement because I assume she just hadn't seen me. Ryan, come back here, bud, please. He excitedly runs back towards me and starts turning in circles because you know he's four I'm still searching the shelves as the lady walks past me and stops behind me again I think nothing of it because it's a grocery store and you have to share the aisles I turn my basket around and start to walk towards the front cash registers when this lady literally blocks my path I say excuse me and try to walk around her and she moves her car in front of me again I honestly thought that she was just getting confused and said excuse me once again and tried one more time to go around But she just blocks my path the following convo ensues. Um, sorry about that. We'll get out of your way. I say Oh, I don't think so. You're not going anywhere with that child. What you mean my son? That's not your child He's white and you're mexican. You probably didn't even know his name until he said it to me. Yeah, sure Whatever lady, can you just move my wife's at home and is anxiously waiting for us stop your lies You're not taking him anywhere you perverts. Uh, sorry to interject her guys, but that is just a really really interesting and by interesting I mean weird and strange claim Isn't it that a man with a child has to be a pervert? Ugh, let's carry on now this whole time my son is standing close to me holding my leg because he was honestly getting scared I was getting angry as I hadn't had much sleep and I have a short fuse anyway. Thanks to that. As you can see, he's standing close to me because he trusts me and you're scaring him. So how about you buzz off? No, he's scared because of you. He just doesn't know how to express it yet. She looks at my son. Come on now, sweetie. I'm here to rescue you. Come with me. Thankfully, my son was able to communicate to her that he wasn't going anywhere with her, but she was having none of it she literally grabbed my son and began to run it caught me off guard i honestly couldn't fathom what was actually happening my son starts screaming loudly because he was so scared and this lady is just like don't worry sweetie he won't hurt you i promise suddenly i snap back into reality and i begin to chase after this crazy witch while running through the store i yell for people to stop her and that she is literally kidnapping my son Thankfully a worker stops her before she makes the exits. Why are you stopping me? This mexican here is trying to kidnap my grandson What my son is literally bawling his eyes out and extending his arms calling out for me This lady was relentless though and wouldn't let go of my son even after he slapped her face multiple times I laughed a little i'm not gonna lie at this point a manager shows up and asks what is going on The lady spoke before me she points at me This pervert is trying to kidnap my grandson and I was just trying to escape That's my son you freaking psycho now let him go the manager didn't know what to believe I don't blame him. He was caught in a weird situation So I pulled up my phone and showed him pictures of me and my son that dated a year or so back as proof This lady would still not give up, though, and accuse me of faking them. Like, how would you do that, exactly? I'll never know, but whatever. Sadly, there were two other ladies there taking the psycho side, saying that I was attempting to kidnap my own son because there was no way we were family because of our different skin tones. One even called the police, which I was actually happy about because I knew that they'd be able to review the security cameras. Sorry, I have to jump in quickly here. First of all, it's ridiculous to think that you can't be a different skin tone to your child. Secondly, what about if you'd adopted, right? Or what about if you were the child's stepdad? Obviously, you could be a different skin tone. Ridiculous. You don't even have to be their dad. Could just be their guardian. Unbelievable. Despite all of this, I still called my wife to see if she could come to the store to get the situation cleared up quicker. As soon as I told her what was going on, she zoomed to the store. She got there about the same time as the police so much for her easy day off Then the crazy ladies were giving their statement to the cops when my wife walked in as soon as she walked in My son goes mama help My wife is a true mama bear and she immediately flew into a rage when she saw this lady holding my son. Let him go now, my wife said. Sorry, sweetie, I was just trying to protect him from this pervert over here. Yeah, we saw him trying to kidnap him, but this lady saved him, said one of the other ladies. The cop looks at the lady and is confused. Wait, what I thought this was your grandson. Yeah, I have no idea who that lady is My wife said she takes out her phone and shows the officer a picture of my mother-in-law. Okay. I'm sorry He's not my grandson, but I was only trying to protect him from this dirty pervert over here The lady said yeah, I witnessed the whole thing. The other lady backed her up He snatched that child and tried to run away with him But this lady stopped it and then the third lady even got involved. Yes, I saw it too He needs to be arrested and you pointed to my wife should be thankful that this lady was here to save your son Because you obviously just let him loose wherever Wow now actually going after your wife too my word who are you talking about again? My wife asked all three crazy ladies pointed at me Oh you mean my husband husband yeah who do you think called me and got me here so fast i presented my id to the officer and the manager and my wife did the same we also each showed pictures of us on our phones to prove that we really were a family the cop nodded in approval and handed us our phones back and jotted down a few notes the three ladies for some reason still kept trying to say this was all fake and that my wife was in on the kidnapping and said that we needed to be arrested My wife just lost it at this point and let off some colourful words that I won't repeat here, but she definitely got her point across. Then the nail in the coffin came for the psycho trio. The officer turned to the manager and asked, Sir, do the cameras work here? Yes, we have them inside and out. Okay, great. Let's go review. The three ladies faces went pale, like ghostly pale. The officer reviewed the outside camera as I pulled into the parking lot and saw me take my son out of my car. And then as I went up and down the aisles and most importantly, the instant the woman snatched my son and began to run. Upon his return, he asks, "'Would you like to press charges?' "'Yes, I would,' said the lady. "'Why would I be asking you that question? "'Shut your mouth and sit down.' He turns to me and repeats the question. "'Absolutely,' I say. Lady One was charged with attempted kidnapping, false imprisonment, providing a false police report and child endangerment. The two others were also charged with providing a false police report as well. To make matters worse for the lady, my son bruises easily and she left some terrible spots on him from where she was grasping him, but he's fine. This added a charge of child abuse to her rap sheet i've caught later this year but i'm not sure when it will be because of COVID. guys this story is from three years ago the officer will be following up with me in a few weeks and there we go that concludes that unbelievably strange story my one question throughout all of that and it was whilst i was reading it was just what are these women's intentions here maybe the two hanger-ons knew the first lady or saw what was going on but didn't see it from the off and were trying to take her side and back her up they genuinely thought that what she said had happened had actually happened but for the lady herself what is she doing especially when she sees your wife yeah she didn't know it was your wife but she sees the mum come in and be pretty calm with you op her husband why is she still then going on about this i just don't understand from the off what her idea was maybe she genuinely did think that you were trying to kidnap this kid but that's so ludicrous anyway for the points that i raised during reading don't really get it guys if you have any idea please enlighten me in the comments down below if you're watching on youtube if you're listening on a podcast platform come over to youtube and let me know your thoughts because i'm at complete loss for words maybe she is just absolutely insane and yeah to be fair the more that i think about it that wouldn't be the first time that we've come across an insane person on this subreddit maybe i'm just looking for logic when there is none maybe that's just me moving on to our next entitled people story i've upgraded to first class background airline captain commuted to work purchased a full fare first class ticket to get there i lived in atlanta at the time domiciled in houston and commuted now normally you could get a jump seat in the cockpit but on this auspicious day that was already taken pass riding wasn't an option because there were no seats in coach and only one in first pass riders can be bumped for fair paying passengers and i needed to get to work So I plunked down my credit card and I bought the last seat in first. Boarding has occurred and I'm peacefully in my seat waiting for pushback. Out of nowhere, an entitled woman comes along. You are sitting in my seat. You'll need to move right now. I do check my boarding pass and then say, nope, this is my seat, not gonna happen, sorry. But you're an employee and you're sitting in my seat. Move now. May I see your boarding pass? Clearly there's been some mistake. You may not see my boarding pass. I showed that when I boarded. I've upgraded to first class. Now move. You'll need to resolve this with the flight crew. I'm a passenger. This entire woman stomps off resembling an irritated Dolores Umbridge and returns with the flight attendant. Good morning, captain. May I see your boarding pass? She asks. Sure thing. And I show my boarding pass. Mom, that's his seat. He paid for it. Well, then throw him off, dear. I've upgraded to first class and that is now my seat. I need to see your boarding pass, mom. You will not I showed it when I boarded i've upgraded to first class. How did you upgrade to first class? I upgraded to first class look i'm more important than an employee now get him out of my seat Someone has called the cockpit by this point and the captain has left the flight deck to come and deal with this mom I'm captain wallaby not his real name. I've just spoken with the gate agent We certainly apologize for this awkward situation. The agent has corrected your paperwork and has a voucher for future travel for you as well. Please go and fetch your new boarding pass and your voucher and we'll be on our way. The entitled woman departs up the jetway with a triumphant smile on her face. The captain turns to the flight attendant and says, prepare the doors for departure. The doors close. The captain returns to the cockpit and as we push back from the gate, I can see the entitled woman pounding on the glass next to the jetway. It was a nice ride to Houston. The coffee was wonderful. Ah, right then, I'm not gonna lie. I did not expect that ending. Uh, Immediately, my thoughts are, this sounds a little bit too good to be true. I mean, not gonna lie, it could be fake. Doesn't change the fact that I've thoroughly enjoyed it, even if it's fictitious. I've loved every second of that, especially the ending. Ridiculous, but hey, comment down below, guys. What do you think? real or not i want to know your thoughts i mean let's be honest right it does seem a little bit farcical that this happened and it probably does go against some form of law airline law i don't know exactly but i presume you can't you know i'm saying this i think that you can right if the pilot is saying if the captain is saying i don't want this woman on my flight it's his choice isn't it it's their choice it's his plane he's the one that's you know putting everyone in a very dangerous situation a life-threatening situation not but you get what i mean everyone's lives on that plane are in the captain's hands therefore legally it probably is his decision who flies i mean again i don't know this so i'm just kind of you know Saying what I think, guesstimating. Any one of you that do knows this or works on a plane, please do get involved in the comments down below. Clearly, I don't know myself, so therefore, he probably was within his rights to do this. And maybe this is not the first time that this has happened. And by this point, throughout the years of dealing with entitled women like this, he's just like, you know what? I'm done. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this for the memes, and I want to see her waving, and I want to see her smashing the glass as we're pulling away. And you know what I'm gonna do? Just gonna give her a cheeky little wink as I take off into the sunny sky mama karen wants entitled brat to ring the bell because she deserves it for those of you unfamiliar with a cancer ward or clinic where chemo is administered and i pray you always will be there is a little brass bell this bell is a symbol of hope for all it marks the end of treatments and the ringing in of the new chapter hopefully cancer free for me i vomited right before i rang the bell because the anxiety of the unknown was almost as bad as chemo itself But that's another story today. It was heather's real name She gave me permission turned to ring the bell. Heather is a really lovely lady. She's 58 with stage 2 ovarian cancer She had a hysterectomy followed by chemo. Heather's diagnosis is great, but she's had it rough during the hysterectomy She almost bled out due to undiagnosed complications This left her hospitalized for over three weeks delaying her treatment by over a month and left her fearing the worst Heather really is the most lovely woman you could meet. She's the grandma everyone wants to have, but is kind of glad they don't. She's funny and loving, but can give you a look that makes you back away like you're staring down a hungry grizzly. Everyone that interacts with Heather loves her. And honestly, the woman saved my sanity on more than one occasion during my treatments. Another thing that may differ from ward to ward is the chemo room. Patients in ours sit in a little oval room that's like a giant lounge with comfy chairs and a little TV. There are drinks and biscuits off to one side and room enough for 10 patients and up to two visitors As I was leaving my appointment I saw heather's daughter who informed me today was the day So I decided to stick around to see her ring the bell and read it. I'm so glad I did a couple of weeks ago A new patient joined the group. We will call him sam Sam seems like a relatively nice older gentleman with an absolutely awful excuse of a daughter and grandchild. In the limited interactions I've had with these two entitled brats, I've seen the daughter stealing biscuits off people currently hooked up to chemo machines and the mother screaming at nurses for reprimanding the child when she attempted to rip the cannulas out of a patient's arm wow genuinely no idea why they've not banned the mega monster and her little Braticus. like i said today it was heather's turn note to ring the bell unlike some places where the bell is on the wall our unit has a little old-fashioned wooden brass bell that the nurses keep behind the desk 90 percent of the time today just as heather was getting ready to hopefully walk out for the final time the nurse brought the bell over to the little side table At first, the little fallen angel didn't notice the bell. She was too busy attempting to crush the souls of the elderly and infirmed by playing her switch. Not loud enough to be kicked out, but just loud enough to be annoying as all holy hellfire. But at least she was distracted. Once Heather was ready, the nurse stood by the little side table and made a short speech about Heather and her final date of the journey. Just as the speech was wrapping up, the tiny terror shot out of nowhere, almost knocking Heather to the ground, She reached up and grabbed the bell. Now, Heather being the no-nonsense, badass granny she is, took the bell out of Baby Beals Bub's hands and firmly but gently said, "'No, honey, that isn't for you. It's not a toy.'" My God, did that unleash some kind of mythological demon because the screech that child released at being told no was loud enough to shatter glass. She lunged at Heather, trying to grab the bell from her hand, while mother thinks she's superior, stood up screaming. You can't do that. She's an innocent child. What kind of disgusting woman takes a toy from an innocent child? You're a B word, C word, W word, etc. Give her back the bell. You don't need it. She deserves it more it was a lot. It wasn't even a conversation. I'm pretty sure she just growled it all in one breath. The harpy screeches went on for about 30 seconds of just incomprehensible nonsense. Bertha Big Mac waddled her way over to Heather to take the bell from her, but Heather just did not have time for her shiz. Heather's got a bell to ring and a life to live. So as the rampaging rhino gets up to Heather, Heather goes heathen on her. She looks this entitled mama dead in the eye and says, your father must have been insert the name of a certain world war ii german political leader in a past life to be lumped with such a sorry excuse for a daughter well this took everyone by surprise as there was a brief pause before heather unleashed everything she'd been dying to say to this cerberus do you have any idea how exhausting it is to finish a round of treatment with you and your obnoxious brat around making everyone's lives miserable i know god's testing us but my god we already have cancer now he's saddling us with you too you're disgusting you're entitled you're selfish you're poorly behaved and your child is just as awful as you are and i hate saying that about an innocent child but my god she's awful I've never hated a child until I met yours, but she is really, really awful. She's not been kicked out of school. Did I mention the kid is 10 years old because the teachers are targeting her? She's been kicked out of school because she's an entitled bully, just like her entitled mother. And if you want any hope of her having a decent life, you become a decent parent and correct some of her behavior. But oh no, that would require correcting yours, you abominable excuse for a human being. It was glorious, awful, awkward and silent betty big mouth had suddenly been struck dumb the tantruming terror was gaping like a fish out of water and then there was sam sam broke the silence when he started laughing like deep belly full bodied laughter mama hodai looked horrified angry mystified and humiliated as her father laughed hysterically to be fair not sure any of us knew how to react After what felt like an hour, but was likely about a minute, Sam stopped laughing and told his daughter and granddaughter, you can sit down and shut up or go wait in the car. He then told Heather to go ahead and ring the bell. The slain beast and her beastette slinked back to their seats where they both sat shell-shocked while Heather rang the bell. We clapped. Some of the cheap seats clapped a little too enthusiastically, Then Heather, her daughter, and I sauntered out of the room. Heather and I parted ways at the hospital entrance, and I wished her the world of luck, but I've got a feeling she won't need it. If you can slay two Karens in one 90-second rant, cancer is nothing. I love Heather, but my God, I'm so glad she isn't my grandma. I mean, to be honest, the only part about this story which I don't really agree with OP on is the fact that you're saying that you don't want Heather to be your grandma. Are you joking? She sounds unbelievable. I get what you're kind of saying slightly, I will say. You think that maybe she's a little bit too just like stern and sticks up for herself too much perhaps to the detriment of you as her granddaughter, maybe? You want to have a bit more fun? I don't know. I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt here. To be honest, she just sounds badass, as you said. Now, as for these entitled people, the fact that their own dad, granddad, Is laughing at them for a full minute It's just mental I've said it before and I'll say it again I do not understand how one family can contain Two sets of people that are just so different You got Sam, absolute legend Who just laughs at his own entitled family members Then you got, as you said The Beast and the Beastettes They were just disgusting individuals I don't get it I mean seriously, ringing that bell after being told you are now cancer free must be one of the most amazing moments in someone's life and you're trying to take that away from them it's nuts but hey fair play to heather not just for beating cancer but for also beating entitled people they called me a baby factory so now they'll never see me again i want to say first i had a difficult childhood but not because of them i was a happy kid who had friends and was kind of adjusted but we were poor We jumped across the U.S. about twice, and my siblings and father were all disabled in different ways. My youngest sibling and dad were hard of hearing, and my youngest sister had brain and back injuries due to Chiari malformation. Look it up, it's actually a very interesting disease. Ah, it's a condition where the lower part of the brain pushes down into the spinal canal. Well, I must say, that sounds truly terrible. But when things started really changing was when I was in high school, around my junior year of school. I met a dude and we were best friends, then we dated. Newsflash, he was a terrible person. It ended in me and my sister getting a restraining order against him and both my siblings seeing and hearing things about me they should never have been exposed to. I graduated high school, even though I probably shouldn't have with my grades. I'm pretty sure my teachers just pitied me. And then after like a month, I got diagnosed with ADHD, anxiety, and depression. Go figure, who could have guessed? I get on Adderall and it works great for one day. Then it devolved into me having all day panic attacks, vivid and extreme hallucinations, massive problems with an eating disorder, and an inability to control any emotion. It led me to backhanding my youngest sibling over a dispute involving the dishwasher that I still to this day would do anything to reverse if I could. I don't remember that three months or so period. I blocked out most of the memories because they were so mentally and emotionally taxing that just thinking about that makes me depressed. But at the time, I really thought that my parents were doing everything they could to help me through that time. They could have done more, but I reasoned they were working and didn't have all the time in the world to baby me, so I should handle this myself. Eventually, all by myself, I decided to go cold turkey and went through withdrawals which were almost as hellish as the actual meds themselves. Looking back now, I realized that the only way my parents could have been more hands-off were if they'd packed their bags and moved out. They didn't talk to me about anything. They didn't help me keep track of symptoms. When I attacked my siblings, they didn't protect them from me or me from myself. Now as a 22 year old on new meds, my doctor just within the last month looked at my old records and was appalled because they started me as an 18 year old who was very new to meds and sensitive to them at a dose for grown adults well into their Adderall usage. She told me they started me off at around 25 milligrams when she normally prescribes around five to 10 for new users. So they didn't advocate for me at all during this mentally traumatic time immediately after being traumatized for almost a year. They took me to a therapist who noticed I was writing a story with an obvious self-insert and very influenced storylines from my day-to-day life. When she asked to see my drawings and everything, the next time my mother pulled me from therapy, saying something I still remember to this day. I didn't send you here so she could ask you about your stories. I sent you here so she can talk about how your ex messed you up. She's not doing this fast enough. Well, come the end of summer and even though I was still struggling with leaving the house just for a Walmart trip They sent me to school for college across the state and basically wiped their hands clean of me I went into survival mode I believe my parents were right and I needed this so I did my best to fake it till I made it I shouldn't have been there but in the long run it was what saved me my friends I met there are some of the people who I've chosen as family and I met my current fiance while there through friends Funnily enough, I wasn't allowed off campus Even though my parents lived about two and a half hours away and wouldn't have known otherwise It took convincing from one of my friends to go about two hours in another direction And that's where I met my fiance My parents really don't like Connor but they did like the free labor he did for them and how mature he was to keep me in line for them. Now they could pawn off the driving around and emotions on him because they never bothered to teach me how to drive or get a job or regulate my emotions. Connor could do all of that quite well though, so they let him teach it to me. But whenever the idea of him got brought up as my boyfriend, they would clam up. They did not want me to date anyone, not after my ex. I thought it was them just worrying about me after a traumatic period and I was grateful for it. Connor helped us move like five times. He did free things for my parents all the time and he was nothing but respectful the entire time he's known them. But eventually they moved to the same city I was going to college in and I was going through a hard patch again. COVID had hit at the end of my freshman year and now they were living here in my college town and I started half online school for my sophomore year. Living with my parents again was hell. I was used to at this point living in a dorm and I wanted to come and go as I pleased. My friends got me rides and I fought and fought and fought to get a job until one day I applied anyways and started working at a McDonald's. I was doing terribly in school. I didn't wanna be in it anymore. Distance learning was difficult for me and they weren't doing anything to help me. I was slowly becoming suicidal again and I wanted nothing more than to find my own place. During this time, my dad was constantly working overtime And one day when i was probably at my lowest he made a joke that he was picking up all the overtime just to get away from you i still remember it clear as day i was mentally declining and becoming more and more erratic as time passes because i was spiraling again and they just sat by and watched it happen while continuously judging me making backhanded comments as I did. All the way up to this point, I was not known for fashion or hygiene. I was constantly self-conscious and didn't have control of my ADHD, so I was never one to doll myself up. But me and Connor were going to go on a date, so I grabbed my prettiest dress, some tights, and my favorite flats, and did my hair all nice, and I even tried makeup. I felt so pretty, and Connor was showering me with texts filled with compliments as he was on his way to pick me up. My mum and siblings got there first. My mum took one look at me and told me to go change. She burst out laughing and was hysterical over my outfit. She couldn't calm down. And the reason she was laughing is because I'm a big Chester girl and I'd gained weight as of recently because my eating disorder was flipping from anorexia to binge eating. None of my clothes fit me. I was in tears and I just put on my normal jeans and hoodie in almost 80 degree weather and I ran to Connor's car in tears. They kept trying to call me back into the house but i just had to drive off without speaking to them i didn't stay the night at their house for almost two days Mum spent that first night texting me that i was overreacting and that none of the clothes fit me and yes she could have been nicer but honestly i need to be realistic about my fashion if i'm going to attempt it if you couldn't tell by this point my mum had picked out almost every piece of clothing i owned And because i wasn't anorexic anymore she was very upset whenever i showed skin day-to-day life was getting worse by the day but eventually i opened commissions i posted it on facebook for family and nobody replied but my estranged grandmother on my mum's side asking for an insanely difficult piece i draw mostly pretty women in specific poses with pens or pencils and that's it especially back then. But she asked for a landscape drawing of her childhood home and a realistic watercolor drawing that she didn't have any reference of and hadn't seen since she was a kid. It was easily worth close to 150 bucks, maybe more because I'm terrible with commission prices. But I offered it for 60 bucks. My mother asked if I was serious. I told her that one, I disliked this woman to the point of purposefully not contacting her for almost a decade at that point. And two, this was so far out of my comfort zone that I would have to learn new skills just to make it. And it's more than half off. Then my dad texted me asking if I was serious. It devolved into a peeing contest on who can be colder and how fast I could move out i wasn't pleasant i'll be the first to admit that i was mentally unstable and lashing out at everyone but i was also still a child recovering from the toll of drugs that i was over prescribed and their emotional indifference during a freaking pandemic i emergency moved in with my fiance then boyfriend and our friend who introduced us and i didn't speak to them for a week this is the beginning of their pattern that they pull literally to this day regardless of the situation. They finally texted me back after about a week, week and a half, and acted as if nothing had happened. They hadn't kicked me out, I hadn't fought with them for days at that point, and we hadn't exchanged some of the meanest glances and short phrases of our lives to each other. They wanted to talk about the football game and trivial things in their lives. I didn't know what else to do. It was my family, and they were giving me the pass to be let back in after I'd mentally prepared myself to be shunned forever at this point of course i took the olive branch maybe we'd speak about this in the future and laugh at how stuck up we'd been it could all change for the better maybe me and my fiance lived there for a year or so before we contemplated moving to the town we'd met in and he grew up in his whole family was there and our current apartment was crawling with drug dealers people stalking us for his old car and people taking poops in the hallway. Sounds lovely. It was only an idea at that point, nothing concrete. But when I floated the idea to my dad one day when he was driving me home, he went on a rant about how I would become a baby factory for Connor if I moved away from my support system. And his family would turn me into their porn because I was frankly too mentally weak of a person to not be swayed by them. This is your own father saying this to you, wow he went on for a long time and dumped a lot of info and at random talked about how he kind of regretted having me and my siblings because he had us so young and he regrets moving across the country like we did because of money problems i asked him if he just told us that he regrets having us and living in this state and he went i did not just say that don't put words in my mouth i went into my apartment and sobbed for a good few hours Connor was fuming, but was optimistic because at least he was talking. We both wrote off the bad parts and tried to move forward, hoping that this meant that he'd be open to talking more often in the future. We moved to my fiance's old home and things were fine for a while. The longer I didn't live next to my family, the more I realized that I mentally couldn't handle them anymore. They'd been so mean and gaslighting. Slowly but surely, I was feeding my parents an info diet and I was placing my boundaries. There were a lot of mean-spirited comments thrown my way they used Connor for more labor during this time than keeping him at arm's length and refusing to acknowledge that we were serious and looking to move in together. Nothing of significance happened for about a year and a half until within the last year. So it's 2022 now and me and Connor have lived together for most of the three or so years we've been together. We're living in our own home. I'm working two jobs and we're both happy. Stressed, but happy. Mum texts in our group chat that she wants me to give up my jobs and move back to their town to become a mailman like my dad. She swears that it's a government job with government pay and benefits and it's the best I can do as a college dropout who's working two jobs. I replied back that I was making almost $1,300 a paycheck with both jobs and I just moved into my house and that the town she lived in was absolutely terrible. Remember my old apartments? that's all that's available there and I wasn't keen on moving back now that I lived in a three-bed house that's completely quiet and all my own. Well, she responds by calling me four times in one day, spam texted the group chat and spams my DMs, sending Connor multiple texts and then calling me again. I spent two days ignoring her before I finally replied. I answered her calls and she spent almost the entire time during a 15-minute call that I put on speakerphone for Connor to listen to quietly, trying to manipulate me by calling me again, a college dropout, and telling me that I'm not happy there, I'm so far away from family, and there's no point in living there, especially since my jobs were working me to death and they had nowhere near the benefits that this mail carrier job has as a government job. I didn't have the hearts or the verbal space to tell her that the U.S. Postal Service is in fact not a government identity. It was privately owned. I did though tell her that all of those benefits I wouldn't need until I was 26 anyway. I had all of the supposed benefits from my dad also having the same job. She though glossed over that and talked over me to try and explain how miserable I was in that town. I told her I had to go and I hung up. Thanksgiving comes. My entire extended aunts and uncles on my dad's side come and stay with us. Things are looking good and I'm having fun with my family for once. Then I overheard my mum whispering to my uncle that her entire personality is just Connor. She's got no semblance of self anymore and she even moved away to just become Connor's girl. My uncle didn't react or say anything, but I had to hide away to compose myself because I almost went nuclear and lost my mind. Okay, another time skip, and now we're in the present and getting closer to the end of our story. Connor proposed to me the day before Christmas Eve, surrounded by his incredibly loving family, by putting my ring in my stocking, and it was beautiful. The first person I called was my best friend, and then the second was my mother. It was close to 1am around this time, and I got her on the phone. I told her I knew it was late, but I was engaged. She told me, though, in no uncertain terms. Honey, that's amazing, but... Don't text in the family group chat or anything because your dad's asleep and he has to get up at 5 a.m. Congrats, I'm going back to bed. Neither of them contacted me about my engagement for almost a week until I went back for their Christmas. I went with my best friend and the entire time my family talked down to me. They misremembered my size and instead of apologizing, they insisted that I didn't know my size and that I was indeed an XXL. I'm a medium to large. And they started the night off by mum mentioning my engagement only once. It started off with my mum suddenly in the middle of things going good and everyone laughing. She starts cackling and goes, Oh, your dad and his friend had the funniest thing to say about your engagement. Dad, show her the text. Dad just smiles and he starts giggling too. My siblings laugh along with them dad says, oh, Amir just thought it was nuts that you were engaged because you're so young. I asked to see the text. Maybe I misunderstood him. There had to be something funny based on their reactions because that was very much not funny at all, especially when I had my best friend sitting right there listening. If anything, that was embarrassing. I read the text and it goes something like this. Dad's friend says, Dude, she's engaged? That's nuts. She's too young and she's going into this way too quickly. Dad replies, I know. I'm upset and struggling right now because my kids are all forcing themselves to grow up when they aren't ready to. And it's hard to stand by and watch them crash and burn like they inevitably will and do nothing about it. I just smiled because while they all laughed and giggled about how funny that was, I was struggling to not burst into tears and scream at them. My friend pulled me aside and asked multiple times if we should leave, at the time I was using their car. But I told her, no, I was going to play nice until I could give it back. And then once it was in their hands again, I was going to go no contact. Connor was supposed to come down and see them and spend Christmas with them, but he couldn't face them knowing that this is what they willingly showed us, especially after Thanksgiving. After this, I bought a car, my first car that's all mine. And I got their car back to them just last week. I'm putting my life together. I'm learning how to do the beginning of adult things well past when i should have i learned to drive pay bills budget and spend and how to exist all from my fiance i had to forcibly teach myself how to manage my own mental health with the help of my fiance and friends i'm done making up excuses as to why i need them in my life i don't want to deal with the body shaming the class's behavior the looking down on connor for no reason i can't handle it anymore I called my uncle, the one from Thanksgiving, and explained to him my decisions and he immediately told me he supports me and that my parents don't know how to treat us like adults, that I'm not a screw up and that was the first time in my life that I realised my parents had conditioned me into thinking I was in fact a screw up. So mum or dad or anyone in the family if you find this, these are the reasons why I blocked everyone's numbers and deleted messenger. me and connor have our statements and info ready for you when you send a welfare check to tell them to leave us alone i'm gonna get married and you won't be there i won't let you be there if i have a child you won't see them i don't care how much you cry and make me feel like i did something wrong i am not a bad person for being screwed up and the things you hold over my head were things i did as a drugged up child a child that you should have protected and should have protected my siblings from. Screw you and screw all of your attempts at communication that you never did but say you have. Thank you to anyone who read this. I really just needed to yell. When they eventually find out that I cut them off because I gave them no warning beforehand, I just dipped after the car was no longer in my hands, they're going to freak out. If anything memorable happens, I'll make an update but probably not well guys good news there is an i mean i say good news sorry i've got to stop myself there is it good news i'm pretty much saying there is an update and we're going to get straight into it after i give my immediate comments on what i've just read which was absolutely bamboozling but hey listen if you're on youtube comment down below is it good news there's an update for us i mean is that a bit weird almost predatory kind of preying on someone's downfall on OP's mishaps and their horrible family coming back into their life. So we get an extended episode and more of a story. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where I stand on it. But anyway, we're going to get into the update in just a second. However, I need to just talk about that story for for just a hot minute because I can't believe the level of, I don't even know the word to use there because there are so many potential words. We can go with entitled, but that just seems far too basic. I think just malicious, manipulative downright awful 100 narcissistic heathens that is just a few words i would use to describe your horrible parents what an absolute disgrace they are now what i will say and obviously i'm saying this before we get into the update it looks as if you have by this point in your life pretty much gotten rid of them you say right at the end there that they're not even going to know what's hit them and you have pretty much sacked them off they're not going to go to your wedding not going to meet your child and that is amazing The best revenge is a life well lived. And look, you just know for sure that if they see you, you know what, it doesn't even matter. I was going to say, you know, they're going to be jealous and they're going to be like, oh, we made such a mistake. But ultimately, you're not even going to care about that because you're going to be doing your own thing and forgetting about how toxic those people are. And it sounds like you're on the path of that, which is truly amazing. However, as I said, there is an update and I really hope that things continue on in a good vein. I haven't read ahead, so I don't know what's going to happen here. I'm pretty nervous to be honest i hope it's good anyway here is that update let's get into it hi again everyone it's been about a month since my 2am pity party i want to say thank you for the overwhelming support that i received on my other post especially the person who mentioned that my parents were fine with abusing me but not my siblings since they were physically unwell rather than mentally unwell like me that one hit home probably harder than any other comment I didn't think of it that way, but honestly, it was something someone probably should have said. I'd like to apologize for how rambly and long the last post was. I was in the middle of a panic attack and I've been ignoring calls and texts from them for days. I felt like a horrible person and was gaslighting myself into almost going into contact with them again, Oh my gosh, OP, that's awful. The post was more for myself to understand and write out all the mean things they've done so that I could look back and be like, wow, they really reduced me to that, ha. But for the actual update, I returned their car to them and after that, I vanished. I blocked all of my family's phone numbers, but left my siblings unblocked and open on all social media I didn't want their numbers to be used to contact me unless it was actually them. Their numbers have since been unblocked My parents didn't really notice at first I got a text from mum saying that she was trying as hard as she could I was just pulling away and she doesn't know why I might post some of the screenshots of my conversations with them sometime in the future So you can all marvel at how self-centered they are It was mostly mum for a bit nothing really from dad then one day she texts that she was going to give me space because i wasn't talking to them for some reason and she ceased all contact after that it was quiet for about a week then dad started calling me my phone shows me the caller id and the time they called but blocks the call itself so i got to see almost every morning for about a week or so that i had a missed call from him Then he started texting me and he tried to use the age-old tactic of intimidation to get me to talk to him It was mostly just you better answer the phone right now Then he'd call a bunch But he finally sent a text about a week ago being cryptic about how I wouldn't know about stuff till after it happened And if I was going to act like a child These were the consequences I kind of just rolled my eyes and didn't respond It turns out after skimming the family group chat, he's been diagnosed with pretty bad carpal tunnel syndrome in both of his hands and a severe lower back injury they've yet to figure out. He also suffers from a myriad of other illnesses right now, but he still forces himself to work 60 plus hours a week as a postal carrier. So I don't know what he expects. To be honest, this might make me a bad person, but I didn't really care. If it had been about my siblings, I would have probably jumped on the phone and been freaking out but I don't really hold any feelings besides resentment, confusion, and anger with my parents, so this news didn't really faze me. I don't blame you. In better news, Connor has received a few raises due to county regulations being changed and I now also have a job with the county. I'll be moving on to my own insurance and finally moving on to it without worrying about contact. I also learned right about that time that my parents had taken out five different loans in my name to pay for college, all varying up to about $12,000. They did not explain this with me at all and had apparently been paying them all for the last three years. So I have credit, I guess, when I thought I didn't so yippee i have to figure out a way to transfer it into my name and figure out the logistics but yeah that's a thing now my siblings haven't contacted me the middle one is incredibly angry with my behavior and wants me to contact my mum at least i've just avoided the topic with her my other sibling i can't honestly tell you how they feel but they apparently plan to move to a big city about four hours away for college in the coming years so let's hope they go through the same transformation I did. And that's honestly about it. Lots of weird texts that they did nothing but stress themselves out with, and my financial situation is looking up. We also bought a dog recently. Her name is Mandy, and our other dog, Copper, is still getting used to her. So my days are occupied mostly with taking care of a German shepherd puppy who body slams me awake at 6am every day. I hope everyone has a great day and thank you all again for the wonderful and supportive comments on my last post. Phew, sigh of relief from me because let me tell you, I was very concerned that we were going to get a very long and horrible update, but that is pretty good. As you say, hopefully at some point soon, your siblings will see the light, maybe when they get to the stage of your life that you were in. I mean, as you mentioned, your parents gaslit you for so long, you actually thought that you were the problem. It wouldn't surprise me if your siblings are feeling the same way, or at least the same way about you. Imagine having your parents telling you, you know, for years, this sibling is disgusting, only to then realize later on in life that actually, no, they were just actually gaslighting that sibling the entire time. And I've been thinking the wrong thing because my parents. All those years i've been influenced in the worst way possible i would not blame your siblings if they had that mindset until they move out and realize what's really going on as for you op i've just got to say how strong and yeah you might say it's a bit cringy guys i don't really care right elite from op just put yourself in that position and maybe some of you watching and listening right now are or at least were in that position in your childhood and teenage years I for one I'm not sure if I'll be able to cope. Maybe it just becomes your reality and you can deal with it. But going through all the stuff that OP went through and coming out of it like this is pretty unbelievable. I've got to say I invited my aunt to a family reunion cruise and she wants everyone to pay an additional $1,000 for her kids to have fun I've really been struggling on whether or not to post this because I just want this situation to be resolved My husband and I moved away from our homestay approximately five years ago And since then my husband hasn't been back to visit It's been easier for me to go because I have more family that I'm close with and he would prefer to save his limited vacation time and watch our dogs. However, we've reached a point where we decided it's time for both of us to make a trip down together I made the effort to plan something with family and friends that he hasn't seen in a long time we decided the easiest way for us to get some quality time in with people would be to invite everyone on a cruise this summer we have around 40 people that we're inviting total many of whom fit the senior demographic and all of course will have varying incomes a cruise is already a high barrier to entry so my priority has been finding a line that would be as accessible as possible financially would go through glacier bay while also fitting the needs of as many people as possible i ended up settling on holland america after all things considered well as soon as i invited my aunt and uncle she immediately jumped in the driver's seat trying to control which line we took first it was that we had to cruise through norwegian or a line that was first and foremost family oriented she explicitly told me if my kids are miserable we will be miserable Her children are 11 and 14, so I find this absolutely ridiculous. This is a family reunion. And secondly, at this age, they should be old enough to understand why we're not taking their typical cruise for this trip. For reference, Holland America is a line targeting older people. Yes. However, they still have pickleball courts, cornhole, shuffleboard, a large selection of board games, family-friendly entertainment, and a large pool with the ability to be converted to an indoor pool when we reach the glaciers, unlike other ships. My husband cruised as a 10-year-old boy before he had a phone or other tech, and attest that he didn't even use the child amenities on the ship and had a good time hanging out, eating desserts, and swimming. We would also be happy to bring a spare Nintendo Switch or even the Steam Deck that I recently got as a gift. I made the mistake of entertaining the cruisers she was sending by looking at them all, and I quickly realised they were all either astronomically more expensive didn't go through glacier bay or a ship that would be absolutely packed with children which would not be a cruise the rest of the family would have a relaxing time on i've had to do a lot of work in setting boundaries over the years and i find people with controlling personality types to be extremely triggering when they don't consider the needs of everyone else Ultimately though, I recognized the importance of needing to stand my ground in this situation with the original cruise And I tried to tell her no in a nice way with an explanation on why I can't let this difference in price potentially be the reason why my husband's best friend or cousins couldn't afford to come Now I never got a reply and later I learned that she'd called my grandma trying to play sides and went over support for the line she wants my grandma agreed with our plan but she did admit that the situation with my aunt robbed some of the joys that she'd had about the trip which upsets me on her behalf my aunt also told my grandma they wouldn't go if it's the line i chose i am very disappointed in this and i will be hurt if this is the case i attended several family reunions as a child with no technology and i had to sit in the car for 30 plus hours and was still happy to go with my grandparents and i was even younger than these kids so i'm a bit taken aback as to why their kids need so much to have a good time ever since i sent the text i've had radio silence from her my uncle on the other hand seems to completely understand in his reply but i honestly don't know if he feels the same way as her behind the scenes As a young couple in our late 20s my husband and I aren't on the cruise ship of our dreams But we need to be thinking of everyone here and I hope as time goes on She can put things into perspective and understand me better at this point I don't feel responsible to explain myself any more than I already have and what they decide to do is out of my control You know what in my opinion, there's a simple enough solution here Just tell your aunt that she will be thoroughly missed on your trip but you're not going to change the plans and make them $1,000 per person more expensive just because of her and her kids. Of course, you're not going to do that. Simple as that. The other thing that I don't get is that if you go on any cruise ship at all, even if it's targeted at seniors, there is still a lot of stuff for young kids to do. The beauty of a cruise ship is that you get on and off, and then once you're off, obviously there are things to do. And once you're on, are they really not going to have fun on an entire cruise ship? Eating great food from a buffet, swimming, um, I don't know, doing anything, playing board games, chilling, going on their phone or whatever. Like, there's so much stuff to do. And also, you're on holiday. It's just Crew's entitled, and I guess that makes sense. Nonetheless, Let's carry on. Parents threw me out as a child and then expected everything from me when my grandparents died. I was born when my mother and father were only 17. It forced both of my parents to drop out of high school and each get a GED so they could find work right away. My father especially was not happy about this because he had dreams of playing football in college, and instead he had to work at a gas station. He said to my face many times that I ruined his dream. My mother hardly raised me at all as she had to work too. They had a cranky old lady next door watch me most of the time she wasn't so bad she gave me more attention than my parents did my father eventually managed to land a better job as a manager due to his experience running the gas station it was right after that my mum got pregnant with my sister i was six when she was born i wasn't exactly shown much love before that but once my sister came along it was made pretty obvious to even my six-year-old self that i was unwanted the only ones who seemed to care were my paternal grandparents and somewhat my babysitter And they were more like my parents as they treated me the way a little kid needed to be loved We lived in a two-bedroom apartment and as my sister got older It went from me sharing a bedroom with her to me kicked out of the room entirely I slept on the couch for two years And I barely had anything to my name other than clothes school supplies and an old game boy When I was 10, my parents decided they were going to move away But this move did not include me I ended up actually being fine with this as my grandparents had agreed to take me in. My life was instantly better. I got my own room again and my grandparents gifted me a brand new N64 in 1996. That Christmas I got a Game Boy Pocket too. And there were a couple of other kids my age in the neighborhood I got to hang out with. We rode bikes, played video games, shot cans with pellet guns, built forts, and got dirty playing in the creek. You know, stuff a normal kid would enjoy. I was finally happy as time went on i grew up and eventually moved out but i later moved back in to help my grandparents house as they were getting old and living off their retirement savings so some rent money from me went a long way in paying the bills my grandpa was the kind of person who'd wanted to build a bomb shelter during the cold war but never got around to it he wanted to volunteer for the military in the 60s but was turned down due to a medical condition and the fact his eyesight wasn't great So he focused on saving whatever he thought he needed. He told me many times, it was better to have something and not need it than need it and not have it. Our area suffered from numerous power outages in winter due to heavy winds and storms. So having gasoline and propane for heaters and generators was a must. All these saving habits became my own as time went on, as it was better to need this stuff rarely than not have it at all. Of course, there was RHOA bothering us, but that's its own other story. The problem is, about five years back, my grandma died suddenly, and my grandpa was heartbroken. He also went about a year and a half later. Pretty much everything they owned was willed to me. Their savings, their house, their vehicles, their stuff, everything. The house was long paid off, and grandpa knew how to keep up with its maintenance. In fact, after grandma died, he kind of doubled down on renovating the place. He had the roof redone, the house repainted by us inside and out, and we fixed a lot of little things. Grandpa's neighbor, George, even came by to help redo the plumbing. Ironically, the HOA was rather happy with these changes because the house didn't look run down anymore. One morning, I was fixing breakfast and my grandpa never came downstairs. You couldn't keep the man from his bacon. So, I went to check on him. And he wasn't moving. I called 911 and paramedics came only to tell me that he'd passed in his sleep. My parents made grandpa's funeral a trash show. They didn't bother to show up for grandmas. They were too busy. And at grandpa's funeral, they didn't seem to grieve at all. My sister also showed up wearing a brightly colored designer dress, which I wasn't happy about, as it was a church clothes only function. I noticed my parents repeatedly whispering to each other and glaring at me whenever I looked at them. I come to find out at the will reading that my parents knew that they'd been disinherited long ago for their treatment of me. And they thought it was extremely unfair that I got everything. They threatened to sue me to contest the will and I got repeated calls and messages from my father, mother, and sister telling me I needed to do the right thing and give my father what was supposed to be his. I told them all to flake off in far more unsavory words. My parents ended up taking me to court to challenge the will. But the judge ruled in my favor after seeing the will and hearing us both out so it wasn't a long drawn out legal battle the judge even looked at my parents with absolute disgust after seeing the will and hearing about their mistreatment of me in my childhood he called my father a terrible parent and that my grandparents were right to disown him my father just hung his head in silence but he made sure to stop me outside the courtroom and tell me i was always the biggest mistake of his life and that if he could go back in time, he'd make sure I never existed. He should have been a football star, and instead, he has to wear a name tag for a 9 to 5. I told him that, mistake or not, grandma and grandpa could see what kind of nasty person he was. I didn't ask to be born, and the only real love I ever got was from my grandparents, and he was no father of mine anymore. You see, what's funny about all of that is that his outburst immediately after the court proceedings, guys, just confirmed exactly what the judge said that he is a terrible father tough i got a few more threatening and harassing phone calls as well as some letters from my parents all demanding money among other things but over time they just stopped as i was completely stonewalling them I never responded to the emails or letters, and I stayed silent during the phone calls. A few times, I just let the phone sitting on the counter with them ranting till they realized I wasn't listening. Aside from not getting the house or money, my parents seemed particularly irked they could not even get a rise out of me. But I was prepared to go to war against them, and they knew it. So in the end, they just left me alone from what I know looking at facebook the past decade My sister tried to get into modeling got married had two kids got divorced and is currently unhappy working a job that she feels is beneath her My mother currently works retail and is also vocal about her disdain of it like my father. She peaked in high school She was a cheerleader back then and even had her old uniform framed on the wall My father has pretty much had the same job for 25 years He must be good at it if he's still doing it. As for me, well, I'm in my late 30s now, and I live pretty much debt-free in a nice neighborhood. I haven't really had a girlfriend since high school, and I've had little motivation to ever have another relationship. But loneliness gets to everyone, so maybe I'll try to find someone soon. Not many are in the financial position that I'm in at my age. Single, paid off house, two vehicles, and a decent amount in the bank. I guess I could aim to be a stepfather. That might be more my speed. And there we go. That is the end of that one. A lovely little slide dig your dad right at the end there, which I'm not going to lie. I absolutely loved. Oh, you must love the job if you've been in it for 25 years. It definitely won't be because you can't get any other job and you're forced to remain in that one that you actually really dislike. That definitely wouldn't be the reason. Just love it. What a way to end it. All I would say now from your perspective, OP, is even though you are very young, as you say, make sure you get your own will because the worst thing that could possibly happen now would be to say you, God forbid, happen to get into an accident or something happened, illness, whatever, and you passed. Imagine now that your entire family that you've pretty much disowned get all the things that they were after in the first place. You have to make sure that in the worst of the worst case scenarios, that can't happen. So get a will and give everything to your friends, your mates, anyone, doesn't even matter. As long as it's not your family and they don't get the stuff that they've been trying to get for so many years, that's good. So just, uh, Yeah cover yourself, make sure you've done 99% of the work. That last 1% is what you need to do just to ensure that they never get anything. Mum kidnapped our kids and said she didn't know it was against the rules. So my wife and I have two kids, a nearly three-year-old and an 18th month old. We want a cruise to the Bahamas for two, meaning the kids couldn't go. My mother volunteers to watch the kids. Great, it's all settled. We're gonna get away for a week and have some time for ourselves. As the date approaches, mum starts talking about having the kids at her house for the week. We told her we were under the impression that she was going to be at our house. All the kids' stuff is here. Our home is a single story and easy to track the kids in. It's significantly closer to all of their doctors for emergencies. We're talking 20 minutes versus an hour and a half. And our house is baby-proofed, where hers is not. So we said that we really felt they should be at our house. And if that didn't work for her, we would make other arrangements. She said that our house was fine. But a few days later, she says that she would like to be at her house Because my siblings, who still live with her, could help watch the kids. These are the same siblings who we were told needed to be instructed on how to be nice to toddlers, which is why we weren't invited to Thanksgiving. No thanks, we'll get you support through our own channels, people we know and like who can pop in to get your relief and help out. We leave for our trip, though as we are showing mum where everything is and going over food and snacks, she's more interested in playing with the kids than learning where the diapers are. So, day one in the boat. My wife uses the boat's internet to do a video call to check on the kids. All seems fine, but my mother tells her not to call again for the rest of the trip because it may upset the children. My wife doesn't tell me about that part of their convo right away, but as soon as she does, we call her back. When she answers, she's at her house with the kids, and you can see the brand new kids apparel and paraphernalia in the background. I asked her what happened, and she tells me she was really sick and thinks she got norovirus. What the heck? super nauseous it was all she could do to call her brother who lives five minutes from me to have him pack the kids in my wife's car and drive an hour and a half to her house so you were so sick that you couldn't watch the kids but you could drive home in a car that wasn't yours and endanger kids that aren't yours in the event that you pass out or spontaneously start vomiting while on the freeway potentially killing our children why didn't you call the list of people who said they'd come and help They'd set aside parts of their weeks to come out and support with their time and money Do they even know the kids aren't home? Do you know that one person is staying in a hotel to be 10 minutes away from you in case of emergency? Now they're an hour and a half from home and none the wiser for what's happening The first thing she says is that she really was sick. I never accused her of not being sick Yeah, I doubted it, but I never said it Then she tells me how dare I judge her for her decisions and that she doesn't have to justify herself to me And that she doesn't have to watch my kids I told her to pack my kids up in the car and take them home Someone else was going to watch them when she dropped the kids off She was nasty to their new caretakers and sulked as soon as I knew the kids were safe I sent her a message saying she clearly didn't respect us as parents doesn't matter how many kids she raised These are ours and she sure as heck needed to justify herself and check in with us if she was too sick to do her job We have the right to know what's going on with our kids and any sane person would call and ask us what we wanted them to do Before packing the kids up and taking them away if the roles were reversed She would have absolutely lost her mind and I know because i've seen it And that she didn't need to see the kids again if she was going to go that far out of her way to undermine us And then act like a spoiled child to family and friends when she gets caught Then the next day she replied to the message saying that she didn't realize she did anything that was that far out of expected parameters Yeah, her words and that she recognized that parents had their own rules and she would have to learn ours Never did anything resembling sorry come across in that message or any other We blocked her on social media and haven't spoken to her since. Okay, straight off the bat, I've got to say this. You should not let your kids anywhere near this woman anymore. Yes, blocking her on social media and her number is a good start, but I don't care who she is. I don't even care that she's your mum. She is literally endangering the safety and the lives of your children And that is more than enough to say that you should not let her anywhere near them The fact that she won't even take responsibility for her actions is crazy And now she expects you to see this all as a simple misunderstanding Let her off the hook and say you know what yeah We understand you made a mistake Try again not gonna happen. Karen lets her kids wake everyone up at 2am. So, I've just come back from a coach trip from the UK to Disneyland Paris. It was a wonderful trip, apart from one family who decided they could do whatever they wanted with no consequence. To set the scene, me and my two friends have just arrived at the bus stop and are waiting for the coach. In front of us is a family of four adults and three children. A young girl around the age of 10, a boy also around the age of 10, and a teenage boy. All three are sat on the floor at to play a card game however the girl is screaming at the top of her lungs telling the other kids how to play the game the adults tried to intervene once got sworn at by the child and then gave up me and my friends exchanged glances before resorting to sending each other memes silently voicing our discontent luckily we were seated at the front of the coach and the family were at the back but we could still hear the girl yelling all the way. We let it slide though because, hey, we're going to Disneyland and they're probably just excited. We went on to have a wonderful couple of days in Disneyland, completely forgetting that this family even existed until it was time to come home. You see, guys, we are broke. So we booked a coach that left Disney at 8 p.m., arriving back in London at 4.30 a.m. It's a given that you'd want to sleep on the coach. Well, as we waited for our coach to come and collect us, There we were, reminded of that child's piercing screams and shrieks as she ran around the car park and in front of cars whilst the adults, once again, did nothing. My friends and I exchanged worried glances, but it was only the beginning. Once on the coach, people started pulling out neck pillows and blankets, ready to attempt to sleep. But not that family. They talked loudly about their trip and complained that the coach driver hadn't put the radio on for us. People were already grumbling, but the family paid them no mind. When we reached Calais, it got worse. The driver asked for a volunteer to collect everyone's passports and bring them to the front. One of the adults and the girl's mother volunteered and had to sit at the front with the driver while sorting the passports. Well, the child decided that that was an invitation to run up and down the aisle between her parents before loudly demanding that her mother sing happy birthday in Welsh. This was at midnight after border control had checked our passports The mother decided to hand some of them to her children But that wasn't good enough for the little girl who kept screaming at her mother to give her more Apparently no was not a word she could understand and she simply kept screaming Even when people stated they were not comfortable with children handling their passports The kids still got to hand them out and then we finally boarded the ferry at 1:35 a.m ready for a quiet crossing We were wrong initially my friends and I had sat in an area with a kids play area We quickly realized and relocated to a quieter area of the ship so we could try and grab some sleep People around us were sprawled out on benches with blankets over their heads and mothers had sleeping children in their laps We found a quiet corner and started to doze off Then we heard it that same piercing shrieking all from that girl They were running up and down the length of the ship shouting and shrieking as they went People were being startled awake every single time they went by other children were beginning to cry because they were tired The teenage boy was literally winding up the younger two making them shout even more The adults of the group were nowhere to be seen eventually I snapped after a particularly piercing shriek I yelled quiet, please it is two o'clock in the morning and people are trying to sleep Several other murmurs of agreement surrounded me. They went silent looked at me and ran off I knew what was coming. We all knew. In March, one of the adults. Not the mother, just another one of the adults. What did you say to the kids? She demanded, loudly, of course. I said, quiet, please. There are people trying to sleep. I gesture to the people, groggily emerging from their blankets to see what the commotion was. If you've got a problem, speak to an adult. Don't shout at kids. Well, where were you? Down there, she points. They were at the opposite end of the ship. So, why weren't you with them? They're hyper. Kids are gonna be hyper. Again, it's two o'clock in the morning and people are trying to sleep. Well, you should have come and talked to us. How was I supposed to know who you were or where you'd be? Uh, Whatever, just don't shout at kids. And then they left. Was that the end? Oh no, they continued their shrieking and running. When we attempted to find the adults as they had requested, they had moved and were nowhere to be found again. The girl also tried to stare me out a couple of times i think she was trying to intimidate me which is laughable eventually the ferry trip came to an end and i waited until the last possible second to get back on the coach so that they wouldn't have to walk past me i was thanked several times by fellow ferry passengers in both french and english for my attempts to shut those kids the heck up i do wonder how much of a problem it would have been if i woke their kids up at 2 a.m all right guys just put yourself in this position right now you are OP. Well, you are one of OP's kids. You're knackered. You have had a great holiday, fair enough. But you just want to get a little bit of terrible shut-eye. Look, you're on an overnight ferry anyway. It's not ideal. No one's enjoying this situation. But come on. The last thing you want is this. And to be honest, don't really blame the kid. Because if the kid is being enabled by these terrible parents who are actively trying to avoid... Like, you can imagine them. They're like, oh, I don't want to get annoyed by these other adults again. Let's just move to another corner of the ship as far away from our shrieking kids as we possibly can. I mean, who knows? The girl's probably annoying them at the same time, right? But they're just like, oh, don't even care. Let her roam free. Not my problem, even though that's my daughter. Then, um, yeah, I can't really blame the kid too much. You know what's funny, though? I think this is true. These adults are probably the sort of people that when it affects them, they go mental. You can just see it from a mile away, right? Probably even with their own daughter. Like, if they were the ones that were trying to sleep at 2am and someone else was making noise, even their own daughter, as OP said at the very end of this, then goodness me, I think they would have given it absolute hell. But... No, because it's not really affecting them it's not their problem so they don't care and now for our final entitled parent story of this episode deadbeat mum decides to make demands from me my childhood was an absolute trash show and i'm still dealing with the ramifications today my parents divorced when i was barely two years old My father was very abusive and was in and out of jail and homelessness my whole life When I was six my mum who was a once a month on the weekends parent She never showed up to the custody hearings so the judge gave custody to my abusive dad Decided she couldn't be a mother anymore Married another man, moved states and had another child that she loved enough to raise I only saw my bio mother about five times in my entire childhood I was raised by my abusive father and my grandma until he OD'd when I was 17 My mom didn't want to go to the courts to get custody and neither did my grandma since I was a senior in high school So cps decided to just let me keep living with my grandma until I graduated So I became a legal orphan I was able to go to college for free due to being an orphan and being in poverty I eventually joined the military moved out of my trash house state Got married, and I've been living a great life ever since. I went about seven years without speaking with my bio mum on the phone or in person. Until randomly, about two years ago, when I went back to my home state to visit my dad's side of the family. I hadn't seen them in over three years. I avoid going home often because everyone but me are either druggy or living in poverty, so they're always harassing my husband and I for money, favours, etc., while also yelling at me for having the audacity to fight my way out of poverty and make a life for myself. Anyway, my bio mum called me and had apparently moved back to my homestay with my half-sister several years ago, and I had no idea. She begged me to meet her in person, where she then spent two hours sobbing about how sorry she is for abandoning me to my abusive father and how she regrets it every day i tentatively agreed to forgive her and slowly build a relationship she was happy with just my half-sister at first but is now upset that i treat her now as some distant aunt instead of having a mother-daughter relationship to be honest we'll never have a mother-daughter relationship if she wanted one she should have raised me anyway my half-sister also decided to reach out to me and create a relationship we talk all the time and have become close The last time I went home to visit, we went out to eat and she asked me what the plan was for mum once she gets too old to take care of herself. I said whatever she decides to do, I'll emotionally support her for her decision. She asked what I meant and I said that really I have zero plans to financially or physically help my mother in any way. She didn't raise me, she doesn't get the joy of having her oldest daughter take care of her, in her old age my half-sister was very upset with me and ran and told my mum, who then decided to start blowing up my phone saying that she apologized and is trying but that doesn't mean that i can abandon her in her time of need i just laughed and hung up the phone my husband freaking hates her and only puts up with her at all because of me i don't know where this audacity is coming from i don't know her and she doesn't know me but because i have more money and no kids she thinks i should be the one to house and help her Nope, not happening. And there we go. A pretty simple one in its conclusion, in my opinion. When the burden was on her to help you out, she didn't want anything to do with you and didn't even want to help one iota. But when the roles have been reversed and the burden is now potentially on you to help her out financially or in any way, oh, No, I really need your help And actually, it's really unfair that you're not helping me by giving me money After all the amazing parenting I did back in the day It's as simple as that She doesn't care for you as much as she's trying to fake that she does She just wants your cash Sorry, but that's the truth And thankfully, OP knows it My psycho mother doesn't know that I'll be gone in 10 days I, a female to male 19 year old I'm going to move out in 10 days It took forever to get here And I still need to scrounge up some last minute stuff But I'm doing it I'm moving out and getting the heck away from her background on everything There's a lot of generational abuse in my family abuse She passed down to me while it wasn't always physical her and my father's actions led me down a spiral of sh and multiple Unalive attempts for two years straight. The fact that i'm alive is a miracle. I'm a bit better now. Don't worry She's going to disown me once I transition and I stayed in this house for three years on the terms that I pretend to be someone else Or I'd be homeless very icky people pretty much and they can't see it they did try to improve and the physical violence stopped but they can never fix what they did moving on i made the mistake of telling her i was apartment searching a month or so ago and had her instantly dump on me What was supposed to be a celebration turned to her dogging on me. It was basically a, you will never make it, so just stay home conversation that she would not let up on no matter how many times I asked her to stop. Even when I told her that she was making me uncomfortable and I didn't want to talk about it any further, she keeps going. If I literally stare at her and say nothing, give her no reason to keep talking, she still does. I literally had to tell her when she got mad at me for it. So I'm there, going to town on a corn dog. Now, (laughs) What's that mean? So i'm there going to town on a corndog and I said I told you to stop you didn't listen I'm, not even responding and you're still going i'm giving you a really big hint here and you're not getting it She got mad. Well, how was I supposed to know? You should have just told me I then took a big bite of corndog and said yeah, I did tell you multiple times You didn't listen after that. I didn't talk about the apartment to her at all She nagged to know my roommates and begged to know where i'll be living if I do move out But she won't know ever the whole what if something happens and you need us" spiel She has no idea that i'm going full no contact and that makes me happy I woke up a few days ago to her ranting about how I need to stay home and focus on your studies I just sat there on the bathroom floor holding back a smile because she thinks that i've given up She doesn't know i'm about to give my security deposit and collect my keys on the 27th when the day comes I'm, not even going to give her the decency of seeing me leave I'm packing my stuff and I'm going out the back. No text, no camera footage, nothing. In 10 days, I'm going to disappear from her life and finally be myself. I'm sleep deprived to heck and back, stressed out from all the work it took to get here and probably one cheeseburger from a breakdown. I've had so many bumps on the way and so many things tried to screw me over the past few months, the past few freaking years actually. But I literally couldn't be happier. 10 days and I'm free, life here I come. And there we go. I'm not gonna lie guys for a second there when I read the title I thought something drastic was going to happen and obviously unaliving was brought up during this story But thankfully op is just moving out. It's not actually doing anything tragic. So uh, yeah, that is good news Genuinely what started as me being very shocked turned into a quite positive ending You only get one life and op is deciding to do with it what they want Which is ultimately what we all should do, especially if you're in op's situation. So great to see and genuinely I'm happy for you Entitled kid and parents at the mario movie. No spoilers by the way guys This happened a few weeks ago when the movie first came out I went to go and see the new mario movie as I was really hyped for it as i'm a pretty big mario fan It was pretty good in my opinion and to celebrate, I decided to go dressed as Mario. It wasn't a really good cosplay, as I just threw on some old blue overalls, a red long sleeve shirt, a replica of Mario's hat I bought at the Nintendo store in New York City, and some work gloves. I even brought along a plush super mushroom that my late aunt bought for me in China. Well, to be fair, sounds like a pretty good cosplay to me. Anyways, I got to the theater, paid for my ticket, and got my snacks. A large bag of popcorn, some candy bars, and a blue raspberry slushie. However, the movie didn't start for another one and a half hours, so I just hung out in the small arcade that they had there. While I was there, there was also a little boy with his mum, and he kept eyeing me and got all excited. Keeping with the Mario theme, let's call the mum Bowsett and the kid Bowser Jr. Mummy, look, it's Mario, said Bowser Jr. Yes, I know. Can I go and see him? Fine, the mum said. So Bowser Jr. runs up to Mario, me, and that is when he sees my mushroom a mushroom can i have it sorry this mushroom means a lot to me i replied but you don't need it well yes i do bowser sees bowser jr arguing with me and stomps on over give him the toy sorry i can't just give it to him as it means a lot to me just give him the toy sorry can't do but you don't need it you're too old for it after she said that i just ignored them both And I grabbed my snacks and went to sit in the auditorium where the movie was playing I guess they forgot about me because when the movie finished They walked out of the room without looking at me and after that I never saw them again I still enjoyed the movie and if you're wondering about the mushroom It's chilling right next to me on my bed as i'm writing this post guys comment down below new mario movie No spoilers, please, but is it worth watching now? My question is as someone who hasn't seen it yet If I go to the cinema to watch it will it be inundated with entitled families like this? Because if it is that is gonna slightly put me off You know if I have children and adults coming up to me saying give me your stuff your snacks your outfit I mean who knows I might cosplay myself good news is though OP has posted a picture of the infamous super mushroom and here it is on screen right now If you can't see it on screen if you're listening on podcast platforms Well, it's just a toad from the Mario games if you know, you know looks lovely looks like something that you'd want to keep especially as it was handed down to you by your late aunt people just aren't going to understand that though they're going to see this the kids going to see this and think just give it to me because they're entitled and they're bratty and the enabling mother is going to say yeah come on it's just a toy in reality nobody really knows the context behind it and that's on them pretty much you should never just assume that something is just a toy it's more about the message and the meaning behind it which makes it so important to you dad continues his controlling ways and now has no contact with both of his sons First of all some background my dad has always had control and anger issues He worked hard to give my mum brother and I what we needed, but he wasn't really emotionally there Growing up with him was tough if I vacuumed and didn't do it exactly how he would do it He'd make comments if he did something wrong once he would immediately say you never do anything right Could not fathom that people make mistakes and that mistakes happen Especially since he made plenty of them, just never admitted to it. He had friends and relatives live with us without ever asking my mum, brother, or I if we'd be okay with it. Not asking my mum, who is the person that ends up taking on the additional work, was the most annoying thing for me. We lived in a two bedroom apartment. I was okay sharing a room with my brother, but not quite okay sharing it with an uncle for years another relative and once even some random guy who was a friend of a friend he sacrificed the comfort of me my mum, and my brother to make himself look good by offering space to these people for long periods of time think years by the way not days there are plenty more examples of his selfish and controlling behavior not to mention him having a short fuse despite all of this he did work hard and had his moments and i'll always appreciate the things he did do We did have everything we needed first son goes no contact a couple of summers ago my dad and i got into an argument the argument was over me and my wife's dog my dad is a very religious muslim and has gotten more religious as he ages for example he took down all of the pictures they had of people as you're not supposed to have that in islam he still listens to music though so i don't want to get started on the hypocrisy displayed on a regular basis by him and the muslim community that i grew up in in general islam is not a fan of dogs being in a home my wife and i do not live with my parents we have our own home and i told my parents my wife and i would be keeping the dog that she had before we got into a relationship now i love this dog i thought i got it through to my dad that the dog was here to stay i even got an imam to talk to him about it he brought it up again one day while he was over at our house and asked when we were getting rid of the dog i tell him that we aren't and that he needs to stop asking about it but this started a big argument between him and me. He went home and I thought again that that was the end of it, but I was wrong. When he got home, my brother was there. He told my brother the story and my brother told him he was wrong to make demands of my wife and I. My dad got into an argument with my brother. It got close to being physical, so my brother left. My brother at the time had his phone service under my parents' family plan. My dad canceled his number, so I had to call the phone company. I have access since I'm the one who usually manages issues for him. My dad would then cancel the service again, being real petty. I eventually just added my brother to my phone plan. After this incident, my brother then went no contact with both of our parents. That was the last straw for him. He went no contact with our mom because she is an enabler. That requires a different post. To this day, my dad still doesn't understand why my brother is no longer in contact with him. I understood my brother's decision and have not tried to change his mind. I stayed in contact with my dad but low contact second son goes no contact now to a couple of weeks ago my dad and i once again got into an argument my wife and i have a newborn i was so excited for my parents to have their first grandchild as much of a jerk as my dad is and has been i've seen how well he interacts with my little cousins and i incorrectly thought being a grandparent may mellow him down i figured there would be some disagreements as a lot of grandparents think since they've already raised kids they know exactly what to do even if they raised those kids over 25 years ago But unfortunately his controlling ways and anger issues reared their ugly head in a bad way We were over at my parents so they could see my newborn son And because two of my cousins were visiting to see my newborn son as well Things went fine until my wife and I were getting ready to leave My son was being a bit fussy as we were putting him into the car seat That happens babies get fussy and cry a bit Once we get the car seat in the car and get going he normally calms down If he doesn't we just give him a bottle as he was probably hungry. We'd already changed and burped him at this point My dad starts saying we should give him gripe water. I tell my dad that the baby is fine Just being a bit fussy, but my dad insists again. So I tell him I'm not giving him gripe water We asked our pediatrician about it and our pediatrician said to hold off on gripe water Since our baby was still pretty small. Our son was born almost three weeks early and is very small So we are being cautious We also don't want to give him anything besides breast milk and formula if it's not really necessary Which it was not in this case this sets my dad off He goes off about what the frick the doctors know he raised two kids He gave my brother gripe water when he was two days old Now that's obviously bs because he didn't even know about gripe water until he visited one of his friends and they told him about it Not only that but my brother was born late and at a normal weight His situation is not the same as my son's. And guys, if you didn't know what gripe water is, like me, gripe water is an over-the-counter liquid supplement of a number of nutrients that is good for babies. My dad then does his usual thing of taking one issue, escalating it, and going off about everything. He goes on to say, don't come around anymore, even with the baby. He calls me an Islamic slur, my wife an Islamic slur, and my son an Islamic slur. My mum is trying to calm him down because he's yelling all of these things two feet next to me and the car seat my son is in My teenage cousins are also hearing all of this at this point My wife has taken our son out of the apartment and into the hall. I'm trying to leave as well But my dad continues to yell He's now moved on to how we have not given him a cent How he got us educated and put us through college for us to never give him anything back How we basically don't do anything for him and some other things that I don't recall exactly just a lot of horse poop I've paid for my parents' cable internet bill for the past 12 years, even though I haven't lived with them for years. I just recently paid for their tickets, which was about $2,800 to go to our home country. And I've paid for other random things like ordering them pizza when my cousins are over at their house and my mum doesn't feel like cooking. Yeah, he says he got us educated, but he did nothing. He told us he'd pay for our college and then told us after one semester that he wouldn't, basically leaving us in the middle of a semester scrambling. He told my brother that he'd only pay if he agreed to marry a woman from our country. Look, I understand if he doesn't want to pay, but tell us that before we decide on a school so we can make an informed decision. He still brags to his friends that he put us through school though. He says we never do anything for him, even though both of my parents come to me for legal, tax, finance, tech, and basically any issue. Keeping a tally of what you've done for your kids and throwing it in their face is BS especially when you've basically done a little over the bare minimum after taking his yelling right in my face i left and i haven't spoken to him since i told my mum we are not speaking to him and he is not seeing us anymore if he gets some therapy and anger management maybe we can see what happens but he has to make a change though of course the last time i spoke to my mum, she told me he'd been crying as usual he is the victim here's to hoping i don't continue this cycle wow and there we go what a way to end today's episode Nothing worse than having a father like this. I'm sorry, but that's just my opinion I don't really want to get into the religious side of this and coupling this dad's actions In line with his religion and and saying that the reason that he acts like this is due to his religion and his own upbringing I mean, it it probably is but I don't really want to go down that route and and say that that's a bad or a good thing I just want to take it at face value The guy's being controlling and not letting you live your lives and it also just sounds like he's just very very hypocritical and stubborn And doesn't accept that he also makes mistakes while also not accepting that other people are allowed to make mistakes It's a weird one very hypocritical Um, and it's a shame and there we go guys That is gonna do it for three hours of some of the very best entitled parent stories Really hope you enjoyed this one if you did and you want more content like that straight away The links are everywhere down in the description for more stories on screen right here for more stories I mean if you want more stories i'm here to provide that is for sure And if you want new stories each and every single day well, subscribe to my channel, follow, turn notifications on because then you'll be notified whenever I post a new set of stories every day. But that being said, I'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one.